Today's episode of 755 is Real is brought to you by Game Time. Okay, folks, time for a little pop quiz. Do you think Braves tickets are cheaper three weeks or three hours before the game? You can find the answer with Game Time, the ticket buying app that proves patience is more than just a virtue. It can save you some serious cash. Game Time is the leader in last minute tickets. Pick your deal, see the view from where you're sitting, and buy in two taps. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the GameTime app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. So download GameTime in the App Store or Google Play, work that clock to your advantage, and score last-minute tickets. Now let's get to the show. Seven fifty-five is real with David O'Brien and Eric O'Flaherty. Welcome to Seven Fifty Five is Real. The Braves are dead, but baseball is not. And I'm David O'Brien, the Braves writer for the Athletic, and I'm with I'm with our regular special guest. Our regular guest, not special, Eric O'Flaherty, hey, former special. Braves reliever. And oh. our very special guest. There we go. Pete Moylan, also former right. Braves reliever and uh, and hopeful Australian Olympian. That's right. <laughs> That's right. What's up? Man, what does that say about the caliber of baseball in Australia that you got a real chance to pitch for him, dude? I mean, I, I'm one of the best products to come out of Australia. So you keep your opinions to yourself, you fucking prick. Hey, hey, man, that's awesome. Seriously, um, oh, it's, yeah, it, it sounds genuine. Yeah, it's good. What, what, <laughs> what have you guys thought watching this uh, LCS? Watching the Nationals just blitz through this thing with a real chance of sweeping tonight. A team the Braves handled all year. Is this just another case of? a wild card team that had to push it all the way to the wall and take that momentum into the playoffs. Cause it seems like we've seen a lot of these. It happens a lot over the years. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you, you knew if they got in with that, with those starting pitching, you know, I mean, saw how they played after whatever yeah. may where they kept throwing those numbers yeah. out there with their best record in baseball and whatnot. I mean, I guess there was something to that, but um, the, you know, with those starters, man, you figured if they could just get in, anything could happen. And, you know, like we talked about, the Dodgers didn't look like the same team no. as they right. did, you know, midseason. Kind of all just came together for them. I think that wild card thing, man, there's there's something to it, having to play right up right up to the end of the season like that. We've seen so well, many. Well, not to mention a a shitty bull and doesn't get exposed yeah. when your starters go eight innings every day. Yeah. Right. And and then you throw Max Scherzer yeah. and, and other guys down right. there that picked up Hudson. On their bullpen I mean, days, it's like, come on. St. Louis in meanwhile, a tough spot. I don't know if they're going to turn the this Dodgers, thing around. Meanwhile, the Dodgers bullpen was exposed because their starters all of a sudden, they weren't going eight innings. The Kershaw's not the same Kershaw, obviously. And in the postseason, he's still another level below that. And then uh, Ryu wasn't the same guy he was all year. So all of a sudden, they had to go to their pen. And they're paying those guys a lot of money, but that's not a great pen. And Kenley Jansen, they're paying that dude $38 million over the next two seasons after this one. They wouldn't yeah. even pitch him in the eighth inning when they had Kershaw give up back-to-back bombs well, in game five. Yeah, that's crazy. The, the issue that I have with that is that that's straight managerial incompetence yeah. because you bring in a guy that is not used to coming out of the bullpen yeah. who doesn't have the record exactly. to do it, and he comes into a big situation. He gets out of that situation, and then you send him back out for another inning? That's bullshit. Yeah. Let yeah. the guy ride that yeah. out and go, you know what? I've done my job. Bring someone else in because history shows that I'm not going to get this done. 
Yeah, and I yeah, think you know it's, are, it's too many people, or not people, but you just see it too much where a reliever just uh, starter just gets thrown into a relief role, and it's you know yeah. it's it's not interchangeable most of the time. It's right. it's a lot different yeah. approach. You know, you can't make any mistakes coming out of the pen, and I think that you know you see a lot of starting pitchers just like it's just throwing a robot out there. Here's his numbers he puts up. These these hitters are a good matchup for him, but the mental aspect of it just doesn't really get taken into account a lot of times, and it's kind of for me, man, with a starting pitcher throwing him out of the bullpen in a big situation, it's it's completely random how they're going to react to it. You know, it's it, not to exactly. we're we're moving into the Brian Kenny school of baseball, which you don't label someone a starter or a reliever. You are just simply an out yeah. getter. Yeah, which yeah. which is easier bullshit. said than done. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Yeah, it's, it's random, like you said, because. I, you know, it's 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 funny funny that in the age of analytics and Brian Kenny, Mister Analytics, that people would just discount things like look at Kershaw's first inning. That's his worst inning by far. Yeah. So yeah. why would you think that you can throw him into the highest leverage inning of the game of the season and expect him just to buzz through guys as a reliever when he couldn't do it as a starter? So mm. yeah. And did he I'm get one you, out and then have to sit down? Yep. I always wondered what it was like for bullpen guys too that had been busting her ass in the pen for 162 when the starter who wasn't good enough to make the rotation or the starter on short rest, they think he's the, oh, here comes uh, the hero that's going to come in on short rest. He's better. They're, they're saying he's better than any of you guys are when I'm he's on short rest. When, uh, yeah, I just, and it usually well, doesn't work. If you win, it works. I don't think they give a shit. Yeah. That playoff yeah. share is pretty nice. Right, but if it doesn't right, work, right. then you get pissed off. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think you, you, know, you see it happen, and as a reliever, like Moyla said, you're just like, whatever. If we yeah. win, I don't care how we get it done. Right. But when it doesn't work out, you're kind of sitting there like, man, I got this job done all year, and now, now I'm not good enough to pitch in these situations. And, you know, with relievers, a lot of times you focus on their failures and their flaws and their weaknesses, and if they've blown some big games, it's easy to lose that confidence in them. But the starter, man, you just it's completely random how they're going to react to that. You don't even know yet. Sometimes you don't know yeah. until it's too late, and then you're, you know, you're losing the game with one of your better relievers sitting on the bench. Jansen sitting on the sitting on the bench when they get when they lost to Washington yeah. is just. I mean, that's your closer, man. It's just it's they kind of a different thought process. A yeah, I'm not really used to that thought process, but it's it's kind of it's spreading. I, I I think the problem is that we got used to the the super. I mean. Right. Absolute aces like Randy Johnson, Scherzer, you know, uh, uh, Verlander. And some managers start to think, well, I'll use my best starter in that. No, they're not all, you know, Randy Johnson and Scherzer and Roger Clemens are going to come back and be dominant for an inning as a reliever two days after starting. You know, right. you know, I, I think that's a rare breed that can do that. Scherzer yeah, can absolutely. do it, but he's a psychopath. You know, you look yeah, in that guy's yeah. eyes. It's- what do you got on that? What do you got on that? I mean, I look at him from the outside and I'm like, okay, look, you're a competitor. I get it. But when you're sitting there and you are like motherfucking people on the mound, like it, like how do you, how does that, I don't know, I don't understand it. I don't get. It doesn't work for most guys. Most well, guys become faulty when he, when his emotions overflow. It doesn't work for him, but right. Scherzer is able to is able to rein it in and use it to his advantage. I think he's a, one of the rare guys that can do that. You got to channel you watch it. him in the bench after he's out of the game. When he's out of the game, an inning later, he's still fucking yeah. walking, pacing yeah, the dugout. No. Like that's what I don't understand. Like you know, he's got to be on some good shit or something because like <laughs> once you've got once you've it works got for guys. that. Yeah, it does, but at, but like he's like high fiving people, breaking hands and shit. Like just relax, yeah. dude. 
Well, I was there Tom when I first. It, it works for him. When I first came All into the league, all these years later, too, to still be doing it. When I first came into the league, I was like yeah. that. I was just out of control, fist pump. I mean, every game was game seven for me, and I would self destruct a lot. So I had to learn to kind of channel that energy and and right. you know control it. Where when I got to the Braves, I'd strike somebody out bases loaded and not even do a fist pump because right. I was me just at all times trying to control that that energy that I had. But you know, everybody has something different that gets them to that place they need to be. Whether it's you're fucking you're pissed off or you're completely chill, you don't care at all. Uh, everybody right. has a different place they got to take themselves, and that's kind of why with me, I've kind of gotten over the bat flips and the swag and all that because I think some guys are just better when they're acting like that. Yeah. Whether you agree yeah. with it, like it, yeah. love it, hate it, it doesn't really matter. It's it's just where they got to take them place themselves. That place they got to take themselves. Even like JD, man, a lot of teams are rubbed wrong by JD, but you interact with him every day, yeah. and you just see that that's just yeah. where he has to take his head to be at his best. You know, he has to play with that chip on his shoulder, be pissed off, have a little swag. Fine, do your thing, but we just got to win, you know. Have you watched the Cods National Series? I've watched some yeah. of it. It hasn't okay. been much much of a series yet. What he got on Juan Soto doing his his cocksuck cockrab <laughs> take against oh, the ball. Uh, okay. When it takes against, a ball, yeah. He did it I, I against mean, the game one starter, but he didn't do yeah. it against Wainwright, and then he did it again last night. I was like, so okay, he's respects. So he, he's got some respect for some. I like uh, that kid, dude. I like him a lot. And I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, too. look, if you're a pitcher and a dude does that to you after you throw a ball, you're coming with it next pitch. You know, it's, you, <laughs> you're, or you're going to be rattled, like, right? But, but that's what I'm saying is you. It's got a really good. Uh, it's got a high chance of pissing you off into throwing a bad pitch. So I understand why he does it. You know, he's yeah. he's basically telling you, you you don't have the balls to throw me a strike right here. And a lot of well, guys are going to react well, by challenging again, after bitch. that. <laughs> yeah. Well, whatever he's saying, he's not yeah. impressed by you. Is what he's telling you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? Uh, you know what you know what they say about these kids, Eric. What they play loud. Oh yeah, they play loud. Yeah. And yeah, I, I think though, you know what I say this. <laughs> this is what I think about it. <laughs> I'll tell you this: nobody does that stuff. That's why that's why fans and everybody's so drawn to it. You know, it's mm. it's new. It's it's exciting. Nobody does that. If the whole league's yeah, doing yeah, it, <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like wrestling. It's like world. Yeah. Re- it's like I think the if the WWE, whole league starts you know? doing, if if WWF every single guy was doing stuff like that every at bat, people would go. You know, the pendulum would swing the other way. People are like, man, these yeah, baseball players are assholes. But top. when it's only one or two guys yeah. doing it, then it's fun. It's new. It's exciting. Yeah. This guy's different. Yeah, I think Agreed. there's a balance to Agreed. it, but. Yeah, yeah. That's why everyone's so drawn to the swag like because right. baseball's I, I, been no swag, it, no you know, don't show emotion, don't. It, so everybody's so drawn to it because it's new and not a lot of guys yeah. are doing it. But if it's like you know, yeah, NFL yeah, let's every touchdown do have guys yeah. like every, that. You know, hey, you got your prima donna receivers, on a three and forty, and third and forty, and I'd make a tackle, and all of a sudden you think you're the yeah, we're down fifteen, and I got a synchronized dance I'm going to do. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Exactly. You know, nobody cares when they do it in the NFL now because it's it's just commonplace. Yeah. So I think it's just more yeah. anything. It's just because it's so new to baseball. And, and and I love these the young players, the the superstars that have a lot some a cocky edge to them. But I don't want them to become the equivalent of the wide receivers in the NFL who are just prima donna. Let's just run out so many balls and I'll be happy to play that position in the yeah. NFL. And yeah. I just don't want that to happen. Yeah, exactly. We've we've talked about that here before. I got no problem with uh with uh, bat flips and all this stuff that Acuna wants to show his emotions, dance on. Yep. The, I got no Simple. problems with that. Just run well, out of the box. It's only if it hurts that's your teams all. that your teammates care at box. this point. It's but. you know if you can do whatever you want, and if that's what you have to do to yeah. feel that type of way that makes you play your best on the field, then do your thing, put your show on. But 
when it comes down to it, your teammates are just like, dude, we need you to always put the team first and, and, you know, make those plays happen. So Pete, speaking of being in the right place, putting your mind in the right place. Uh, what did you think of the Braves? We, we talked about this obviously on Tuesday, uh, but our Friday, what did you think about the, uh, Braves laying an egg in that last game. I mean, was that the worst thing you've seen in a long time from this from this team? Um, look, I, I oh, I'm not going to well, say it's the say worst it thing was that one, I've seen. It was two pitchers. I mean, it was it certainly, team, it was but. certainly, it was, it, it wasn't just the two pitchers though. You got to, you know, there's a couple of plays that, that I thought. Oh, you're been, right. Could have been right. made, but it was just, it was such a quick. Yeah, like yeah. twenty pitches into devastating. it, and we're out of the game. It was. Like, what the yeah. fuck it was just happened? Like it was crazy. You, there was no coming back from that. There was absolutely no. no coming back from that. And then they got a couple balls, you know, right down the line, and then it was like, holy shit! You couldn't get someone up quick enough. Um, yeah, but there was also, you know, there was a couple of managerial moves that were in hindsight could have been done differently um, throughout the whole playoffs, not just with the Braves, but throughout everyone with everyone. So, um, but yeah, I just, it was just such a crushing, I didn't even know. And I've spoken to a few guys since and, and no one really knew what emotions they were feeling. It was disappointment. It was sadness. It was like, shock. yeah, it frustration, was weird, shock. Like it was just, that was, you, I heard shock a lot. from You don't prepare yourself for that. You know, you don't even you know can. how to respond to that. You don't even That's think what Snit said. A, we didn't even of all the scenarios. Snit said that they talked about for the games. You don't even talk about something like that. Happened, no. And I wasn't even in, but you know, I thought it was the freed walking the pitcher with the bases loaded. And yeah. before that, the back to back two run doubles, I think it was, it was like, yeah, but I don't, I, I didn't, shit, I wasn't, man. I didn't know about the walking to get to the pitcher, to load the bases, to bring a new reliever in to face the pitchers fresh out of someone who hasn't done that before. <laughs> what was that all about? Yeah. Like, yeah. uh, okay. Look, I, I get it, but you, uh, for me, in that situation, you've got to bring someone that's used to coming in with the runners on. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think so. Too. That's kind of what the you, gap. That's yeah. kind of what you the talk about too is, you know, you don't know how a guy's going to respond to that. And, you know, it probably Freed wasn't expecting to be pitching that early either. So you, you uh, got to expect yeah. their, you know, their their whole routine is going to be thrown off getting ready in a hurry like that. It was just worst case like scenario, fifth man. fifth or sixth inning, man. He's yeah. thinking fourth, fifth, sixth inning at the early. You sit down the there way, with you, your feet up. You got to come in and you got to face your mate from high school who you've been talking to the whole series and yeah. try not to try to get him out. Like, like far out. We, well, we, didn't, that we didn't, we didn't even talk about that. Switch. Now. <laughs> I know. We didn't you even talk about that. that switch. <laughs> I get it. Obviously, but... former high school classmate with the bases loaded in the biggest game of the of the. You got to flip that lives. switch. I don't. Yeah. I don't know about. That's not a big. Uh, <laughs> you better be able to flip that switch. The whole thing was yeah. just weird. It was just a weird game. I mean, there were literally thousands of people that were not in their seats yet when they were down four, five, nothing. Thousands, because right. yep. the traffic in Atlanta, five o'clock start. People getting a refreshment or whatever. People are sitting down. They're down. They're down seven nothing. Yeah, as a team though, you just you just look back at game four and say, shit. You know, we had every yeah. chance to put and these guys one. away and, and game one. Yeah, and we didn't they do it. Easily you know, swept that series easily, and, and it's not yeah. just saying a lot of things had to go right. They could have. Everything went yeah. wrong. You had to beat. You know, they were the better team for me just watching it. Uh, it just didn't work out. And then you watch the Cardinals play in the Nationals right now, and you think, man, it's this would spanked. be a really good series if the Braves were in it. And yeah. you look back on it, and it's not obviously has nothing to do with Chris. It's not Chris Martin's fault he got hurt, but that injury that was, was huge. just yeah. devastating ultimately because, you know, right then that's when they lost that game. And then you have Julio Tehran on the roster only because of that. 
you know, mm. and Max and Max Fried is in the bullpen instead of starting game four because of that, uh, you know, yep. instead of Keichel on short rest. It's just a lot of things happen because of that Chris Martin injury. Yeah, yeah, that's the same thing having, you know, Julio come out of the pen like that, too. You know, having Julio come out of the pen, that's something that you don't know how he's going to respond to. And you don't want to find yourself in that position. I, you know, I had confidence in Julio because I feel like he's got balls, you know, and he'd he'd handle it. But it's you just never know, man. It's you never know how you're going to feel or how they're going to respond. Another guy struggled in the first inning for a lot of his career, though. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Yeah, but look at that. You look at the inning that he threw and he came in. He's a. He was six inches away from getting a double play, yep. getting that yeah. fly ball to be the third out of the inning. He threw yep. a pitch six inches off the plate on the inside part of the plate, and somehow Yadi got a on it. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. like, like that's, just, magic, that's how man. it's that's for me. That just shows you how hard it is to put up a zero as a reliever sometimes, man. Like, Yadi you know, is the king of devil magic, though, dude. He has got it running through his veins. Yes, he does. I know all well. You remember that need a lot. game where I was? But they ran out. Kansas they City? ran out of it. What yeah. game? Remember that black cat came on the field and he hit a grand slam yeah. on that next pitch? Yeah, yeah I was pitching. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you were pitching? <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Nailed that. What are your mm-hmm. thoughts on Yachty, man? He's one of those guys uh, you want on your team and you hate him from the other side or you respect him from the other side? Uh, I respect him as a catcher. I respect him as a player. I think some of the antics, um, yeah. like it's very um, hypocritical uh, with yeah, some of the way exactly. that he goes about his business and it's okay for them to do it, but no one else can do it. Like save that yeah. shit. Um, yeah. And I loved your tweet. Oh, <laughs> oh when you uh, sent out a picture of Martinez's purple hair and said, respect the game. I'm like, yeah. come on. Drew. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, there's some definitely respects. been some of that, you know, even the, them getting so mad at Soto, you know, for, yeah. for his ball grab shuffle thing mm-hmm. and then doing yeah. it to him when he gets off the field, you know, and, and you saw a lot of the antics that, you know, throwing the bat into center field. Yeah. That, walk and, off, and, and the throw and, slash and the throw a lot slash. of it for me, oh, I thought it was, was kind of out of character, but it's, you got to be if you're going to criticize that. You kind of got to be above responding in that way too. Yeah, but, instead of taking it to the next level. Yeah, yep. yeah, instead of upping it, but because Acuna whatever. didn't even do the throw slash, you know, he thought he did, but he didn't. Right. Uh, and it, and well, who knows? Emo- but, emotions run high. <laughs> I guess the I guess the positive you can take out of it is that you know this team wasn't planning on winning this year, so um, they hadn't set themselves up. It was more of a shock at the, at the trade deadline when they were going out and get relievers and planning, but this wasn't the plan. The plan has always been next year and beyond. So this team's going to be good for a long time. Um, yeah, they want, they want, I think that at spring training, I mean, I think they, after winning the division last year, they thought they'd win it again this year. They had a chance, but winning the whole thing, you're right. Winning the world series. Yeah. yeah, That wasn't realistic with the Dodgers. Everybody thought the Dodgers were shit watching that series right now. It's, it was realistic. If, if they got past the Cardinals, absolutely. But no one's going to beat the Nationals all year. No one's going to beat the American League. They won seven more games, man. No, no. No, they won seven more games. Uh, oh, shit. You know, you know, they went the from Nationals 90 could. to 97. I don't think so. I think they're shooting their wide right now. I don't see them getting past the Astros pitching or the Yankees lineup. Mm. Whoever wins that series wins the World Series. It's, that's what I've said since Yankees Astros. through the year. Yeah. That's a safe bet. That's a safe Garrett play. Cole and, yeah. and, and Justin are both going to start twice in a, in, a, in a World Series. Yeah. You know. Grinky, Grinky has been obviously yeah. the weak link in that in that threesome, but hey, yeah, not his interviews haven't been the weak link. Good no. lord! I mean, I played with him in thirteen in L.A. and I've spoken to that guy on numerous occasions about everything that he went through, and, and I love the dude. I absolutely love him. He's got no filter except for, uh-huh. his, and he, he's uncomfortable doing that shit. I don't understand why they yeah. make him do it when he's yeah. been diagnosed to have anxiety yeah. and and s- hates being in social situations, hates being put on the spot like that. 
But hey, yeah. we need this for our television, Red. Look, what do you get out of that? You guys are going to sit there yeah. for two minutes and say fucking nothing. So yeah. you just want to make fun of him more? Like that yeah. doesn't make sense. Agreed. Yeah, it's not they, really. There's a lot of people piling on too. People in the media piling on to him. I right. think it's like, man, you got to understand like, this guy. Fuck you, man. They've he's, got to take not, into account what Peter said. He's got a he's got a medical condition that initially yeah. people wondered if he would even be able to pitch in a big market. So you got to take right. that into account when he gets to this big stage. It's like, okay, make an exception. If the guy didn't want to do the fucking press conference, don't make him do it. He quit baseball and, and wanted to be yeah, a yeah, I was in double A. Yeah. I was in Double A when he um, when he was making his comeback after his hiatus, and well, I can, it's like, I, why is this I guy can, in Double A right man, now? Yeah. We can't I, handle, yeah. The I can tell you, as or, a, as a media member, as a writer, I would much rather them not bring a guy, give the guy the pass, and not bring him in, than give us a crappy interview. I'd rather talk to somebody else, right. you know, that might have had some anybody. If, if you know, we don't want it, somebody that doesn't want to be in there. You know, that doesn't yeah. help anybody. No. Yeah, that's just stupid. What do you think of this whole? Uh, MLB now pushed to do opioid, opioid plan to do opioid testing in the offseason. They still got to work out the details with the Players Association, which I would imagine is probably going to have some fighting behind closed doors about this. There's not just they're going to have to have a lot of uh, I would think a lot of details to work out. But what from just the initial? What's your initial uh, reaction to that? What would that do to the game? Have more effect than people maybe think? I don't think. I don't. I don't yeah. I, I don't think I don't ahead, think you I don't think you need to. This is not just a baseball problem, Dave. This is a freaking countrywide problem. Oh, this is this man. is this is shining a light on an issue that's been around for much longer than we have. And I think yep. that it needs to be discussed, and I think that it needs to be sorted out. And I think that it's going to open Pandora's box, especially if they start testing, because you know. I mean, I, I know that I've had a lot of surgeries and I've been had a lot of pills and, and it's not an easy bus to get off once you're on it. I can tell you that much. Yeah, yeah. we've seen, um, yeah, we've heard countless that. tales of uh, especially football players that get, get addicted to opioids and, and at the yeah. high school level. I mean, you know, like you said, this is ravaged parts of this country that are just, I mean, literally torn cities, little towns apart, especially up in the Northeast, in Appalachia. <laughs> Uh, it's terrible. It's not, and it's not just, it's not, it's definitely not just on the players or just on whoever's involved. You know, this is, this is a problem. You go and get a wisdom tooth out and yep. they give you 60, 60 Oxycontin to, yeah. to, that you're supposed to take for, you know, most time after surgery, I take the pills for two days and I'm fine, but I, I want to be able to actually shit for the next two weeks. So you try and get off them as quickly as you can. Yeah. But you don't need 60 fucking pills. Like this yeah. is the issue that I have is that, you know, they just throw them out like they're candy. Well, yeah, and then, it's big pharma. It's big pharma, and once, man. And once, well, we're going to get, we're not going to get that kind of debate, but you know, it's, it's like y you, if you've ever taken one and had a glass of wine, there is no better feeling, but to try right, and great. stop that feeling, it's like, it's, I don't know, man. It's just like, I don't think a lot of guys are taking them to get through ailments to be out of pitch. It's more the shutting down after the game and trying to get some rest, I think. But anytime I've used them, it's been to sleep and it's just helped me just kind of pass out after a long series or anything like that. Yeah. Um, it's, I don't, you know, I don't have that kind of personality. I feel like I could try anything and I'd never really get stuck on any bus, but um, it's They're highly addictive. I, I don't even people who do. Have, or yeah. If you have that gene, yeah. I think that it's 
And, you know, I've the funny thing is in baseball, man, you watch these guys with these terrible habits, addictions and things like that function better than you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. You know, oh, yeah. these you'll have a teammate that can that can drink every night, party every right. night, do whatever he wants before he comes to the field. And this guy shows up and throws 97 on the black and he's having the time of his life. Yeah. You know, I've eaten my yeah. kale salad and quinoa, whatever stupid healthy yeah. food they put out there. And you're just grinding to get by. It's just it's really hard to gauge when a guy is able to function and and it's not yeah. a problem versus holy shit, this guy's got a serious problem. Right. Well, it's there not are functional until you alcoholics sort of, and functional addicts, yeah. and yeah, you, 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 I mean, yeah, yeah. like you said, you're walking a fine line. Some people, but it's, can do it's it for years this is a strange, it's a strange game. We, you know, we we dip and we chew and we and that's like I just I'm lucky yeah, enough to okay. be able to quit that, but. Yeah. There's such a stigma, especially in the minor leagues, on alcoholism and this, that, and the other. But they, you, you smoke a joint and you get popped for sixty games in the minor leagues. Are you fucking kidding yeah. me? Like, wh- right. yeah. how is that? How is that sensible? But hey, not to mention, if you have an injury, we're going to pump you full of cortisone to just mask right. whatever the fuck's going on right. in there. And so it's the the whole thing is backwards. It's just there needs to be a new approach with the way that they deal with this sort of thing. And you know, I read someone say, "Oh, what if they just legalize weed?" Well it's it's not we don't get tested for weed in the big leagues but we do in the minor leagues so it's just like yeah how about that just i I was thinking about that when when certain players when they get promoted to the 40-man added to the 40-man roster in the back of their minds or maybe in the front of their minds they must be saying "Woo! now i can smoke some weed not worry about it right yeah i can actually get some good sleep yeah you can smoke weed when you're on the 40 and no problems but as like you said you do it in the minor leagues they test for recreational drugs drugs of abuse that's just big because they can, you know, because they can implement it and, and they don't have that union yeah. to say no. Right. I think that, right. the, you know, the, the MLB players union is just like, hey, man, we're going to keep everything, every every ability we can, you know, every every bit of leverage we can. And minor leagues, they don't have any leverage. You just tell them you can't do this and they can't do it. I think that's just kind yeah. of the difference. But I look at weed sometimes as a performance enhancer for a lot of guys. You know, it, yeah. it helps them with well, their anxiety and all their the problems. NBA. Yeah. Mm. The, the NBA, the NBA, I've heard percentages as high as seventy percent of the dudes. You know, I don't know if it's that high, but I've heard that. You know, that's, that's how pretty, they get through it. Pretty believable. That's believable. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. This situation, this situation with the Angels and Skags, man, it just gets uglier and uglier. But you know, I mean, it's not a complete shock. I guess the interaction with the club official would be the shocking part of it. Not at all. There was yeah. that level of trust uh, between uh, not a one team bit. official who's been there. 20 plus years. The fact that he was doing them with the guy on a pretty regular basis, that wasn't shocking. Well, that's the thing. That's, that's an instant, that's an instant, instant trusting for me. It's like, um, yeah, you know, you're not going to just go to approach him and go, Hey, I know we've, we've only never spoken about this, but can you go find me some, some opioids? No, you're (laughs) going to, you're going to experience them with him first. And then there's going to be that level of trust. You're like, Hey, Hey, get a hold of some for me because I'm, I'm struggling to find it. You know, that's, that's why I said it doesn't that, really I'm reflect sure for me. Started. For me, it doesn't reflect really poorly on the Angels organization because you know somebody that would go up and right. report something like this is never going to be made knowledge, like it, never going to know of it in the first place. You know, it's there's a process before right. a player gets to a level of trust with a guy where he's ask, asking him for those kind of pills and stuff like that. And I, I've seen yeah. the Angels organization just get crushed for it, but. You know, it's as a whole. I don't know if there's really anything the organization could have done, even besides testing. I guess that might be the only reason they're they're thinking about doing it because you never expect somebody to actually come forward and mess with an athlete's career when the guy's throwing 
you know, he's, right. he's doing oh, fine. I, he's I, functioning. Absolutely. He's at the field on time every day. You know, you don't see these signs of, of it being a problem. And then, you know, look what yeah. happened. It's just kind of, and, you just of and the sad part is the, the, the sad part is if he wasn't getting it from the, the team official, he would have been getting it from somewhere and it may not have been yeah. somewhere that you want to be getting it from, which right. I think right. was what eventually right. probably what in, happened in Texas. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, so, he would have been going out and getting it in, you know, himself. And yeah, like you said, right. in, in probably not in best places. But yeah, it ended yeah. up being the downfall of both of them because both of them were addicts, obviously. And the one dude serving as the middleman, but he was getting his drugs paid for because Skaggs had the money to pay for it, you know, basically but, paying double double for his drugs because then he's not going to get caught because he didn't have to procure them himself. This kid's doing right. it, or this guy's doing it. He's not a kid anymore. He's there 20 years, but. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, if you've ever been around somebody with an addiction, some some people can just play it off like there's nothing going on at all. You know, mm-hmm. there's there's yeah. no red flags at all. And then you find out right. down the road, like, man, this dude was he was hopped up on something every day. You know, that's right. that was how he was functioning. So it's not like there's all these big warning signs where you you know, people are gonna be asking questions, yeah. what's wrong with him? Why is he yeah, acting? Hollowed like out eyes, gaunt, yeah. sleeping like you know, I mean most of the time they got a better personality on it. You know, they're they're yeah. they're more yeah. relaxed and they're this fun, awesome teammate and everybody loves them. Not to mention and that's you what you heard usually from find, all his teammates. You usually other find people that, that worked out with him. Yeah. It's it's the it's the people that can't afford it, that's when you start to find that there's issues because they can't get a hold right. of it. Whereas you making right, money right, that we're right. making They've got right. access to it. They can find it. They're, they're right. going to pay three times the amount of a regular person, but they don't give a shit because right. they're going to get it and they've got the money. Yeah. Yeah. But you heard, you know, guys that worked out with them every off season, and you don't include the guys we know, um, nobody, you know, and, and even off the record, nobody would say, yeah, I, I had a feeling he was doing it. Nobody. You didn't right. hear that from people. And his mm-hmm. teammates, nobody said. So I got it. Yeah. He masked this stuff as well as anybody. I mean, yeah. it sounds like his family had some idea. You know, right after it happened, right after it happened, one of the somebody in the family said that they thought a angels official or an angels personnel might have been involved in it. So you thought, whoa, what the, what's that about? Now we'll find out he, what that. I was think about. his mom they came knew. out and said that. Yeah, his mom knew. Mm. His mom knew something. Yeah. But when that came uh, out, you know, my, my gut told me when, when I heard an Angels employee might be, you know, involved or something like that, I was like, oh, man, he was just – he was hanging out with a clubby or a PR guy or something like that. That's that, what uh, I thought. Well, I somebody thought clubby. That's in the, I didn't even think. Yeah. Somebody's yeah. in the clubhouse yeah. every day. Well, the PR people, you know, they're on the flights and stuff too. Yeah. And you can run into them they're at there a bar all the time and too. Yeah. you can cozy up with them too, you know, and it's it's in their best interest to be cozy with you because, you know, they need favors right. sometimes. They need you to do this interview. They need they need this from you. And if you don't like the person, yeah. you don't trust mm-hmm. them, you might tell them to screw off. But if it's somebody you really like and he's like, man, can you please just do this five minute interview for me? Get these people off my ass. You know, it's, there's interest there on both sides, but it's you spend a lot of time with these people, man. 162 games. You're in the clubhouse all the time, yeah. on the flights, the bus, yeah. every single day, bro. Yeah, yeah, you're at the same hotel, so it's easy to kind of run yeah. into them at the hotel bar and and just get a little yeah. closer with them. But I've, I think that's kind of why they don't want staff hanging out with players in the first place to avoid situations like this. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sure that'll be emphasized even more now. Yeah, well, don't think every every team's going to be telling their guys. Uh, Pete, we had. Uh, yes. We we didn't have a chance to talk to you about this, obviously, but uh, and and it happened so quick that nobody was uh, prepared for it, which which was typical of the guy. Uh, Brian McCann announced this after the game, yeah, just casually in a post game interview. That's it for me, and that's the way he did it. And to those who know him, nobody was really surprised because no. he had told people he was like uh, like 
like uh, Eric had said, he had said over the years he was just going to ride off in the sunset, and that's what he did. Yeah. No yep. ceremonies, no going away tours, no rocking chairs and visiting ballparks. That's, he just went. He just said, that's it. I'm going home to be with my kids. Good. And that's exactly how he would want to do it. That's exactly what you'd expect yeah. from him, too. But he's just... That's him. No pretense, man. Can't, I can't say enough about that warrior, man. That guy is an absolute warrior. And, you know, I owe yeah. a lot of my career to him. Um, I remember one one day... This is before you got there, but uh, I'm out on the mound. You know, I'm, I'm this kid out of the WBC and I'm a pharmaceutical rep and I've got all the all the shit that comes along with it and people are starting to question and I'm out there and I'm nervous as shit, right? And I'm throwing and I'm sitting about 86, 87 and he calls time and he comes out and he goes, hey, aren't you that dude we got that throws 95? I was like, yeah, but I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to throw strikes. You know, he's like, fuck that bring it I was like, all right here we go let's go and then from that point on that was 2007 man that was like uh i remember the game was against the cubs and i, I somehow got out of the inning gave up a piss rod to the shortstop we got a double play and and then from that point on i was like you know what fuck it i don't know how long i'm gonna be here for i might as well make it make it worthwhile so that was yeah, he's that really was good D-Mac. at that finding uh finding a way to, to strike that chord and get you real motivated you know he used to kind yeah. of shame me when he'd come out to the mound and i was struggling he'd <laughs> Dude, I don't know why they brought you in. Was, what are you throwing today? You know, this, this is this is garbage. You know, he knew how to. With each guy, though, he knew how to kind of you know just get you get you to that spot we're talking about where you're performing your best. And for me, it was just kind of being challenged. So he always kind of just challenged me in one way or another uh, to mm. make me better. But that, like, we we spent maybe 20 minutes on him on on Friday just talking about how he changed the the whole my whole career. You know, I won't go yeah. back into it all again. But my you know he changed the 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 direction of my whole life you know I as witnessed a person it. yeah yeah I yeah it. you saw yeah. me come over <laughs> yeah you saw me come over with that 20 era yeah yeah but he also well, looked the 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 frustrating thing is he would make a really good manager but i don't know that that's yeah. in his future i don't think he's doing yeah. it no he'd make a great manager but he'd be a great nice. manager yeah he's also I, gonna be great I, at sitting on the couch yeah we had <laughs> we had uh that's what we uh we had meddling on and we had agreed, O'Flaherty and I had agreed that without even ask, uh, without even mentioning each other, I just said, who do you think on this team would make the best manager? We both agreed, McCann. I mean, I mean, it's yeah. like, to me, he's just a, because catchers make the best managers in general anyway, see the whole yeah. game and all that. But nowadays, a guy like McCann, he's made $150 million. He's got two little kids at home, you know. It's tough to, to get a guy to take a pay cut and come back in and work more hours as a manager than he did as a player, you know. Maybe not yeah, as a right. catcher because you spend a lot of time, but – the demands of it are just so much for a guy who's, you know, had a pr- pretty prolific career and made a lot of money. So and you've been traveling I, as much as you have been yeah. in the last sixteen years. The last thing you want is to actually yeah. experience. He wants to experience a summer. That's the craziest thing that I had yeah. this year. Was I had a summer again? Yeah, yeah. It was weird. And, and, and his yeah. kids are six and seven years old. You know, they're at that age that that's going to be tough to be with them for a year and then go. Okay, I'm getting back into the grind. He's yeah. not managing, uh, but no, you know what? That, that kind of highlights another thing that's going to happen in baseball is all these great players. They're not going to have to yeah. coach. They're not going to have to be involved. No. Uh, it's it's baseball is going to lose a lot of good people just yeah. with the fact mm-hmm. that those guys made so much money. You know, you'd never have Terry Pendleton needing to coach if he played when we played. The dude right. be sitting on one hundred fifty oh, yeah. million. Oh you know? yeah, absolutely. But those type of guys absolutely. being around a Terry Pendleton, Eddie Perez, these guys that have a been Dusty through Baker, it. Dusty Baker, guy like that. Dusty you Baker, know? they mm. have, and some guys are just lifers. They're coming no matter what. You know, it's right. Be, I've been home for made two years. Fifty two hundred million in this day and age. You know. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And and I think he'd still. 
I think he'd still be in the game because that's yeah. just in his blood. The same with Ron yeah. Washington. Like Ron Washington's a lifer. Yeah. He's he's coaching. He's going to be on the field. I definitely miss being out there. But you know, a guy like B Mac, why is he going to travel for six, nine months of the year, be away from home when he could just do whatever yeah. he wants with every minute the rest of his life? You know. Yeah. It's, I think he'll be at the park a lot. I think yeah. he'll be at the park a lot in, with in, kids. in a, in a in some, some sort of role with the Braves, advisory role, kind of like chipper or whatever, yeah. work with this guy, work with that guy. But, yeah, you're right. I don't see him traveling. That's a gig you want. Holy shit. Special yeah, assistant that's the to, gig. The, to the GM. That's like, the gig. Hey, we need you to come yeah. and shake some hands. All right, yeah, cool, yeah. whatever. That's that's what you want. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, yes. Speaking of managers. Special dude. David Ross is probably uh, Cubs is going to be a, yeah he's going to be a manager yeah there's no yeah. doubt that that, that that's a natural be. fit right there and there's a guy that was a backup most of his career never had the huge contract made plenty of money but yeah. that he fits the bill more you know than uh, well than now a that he's, like he's he's a, a bit Hollywood now though so he might not yeah he's, he's pretty big time yeah <laughs> <So> <laughs> well. He might just be the next year of Madden, just wearing specs and shit. And yeah, that's a high profile job, so that would fit him better than say managing the Reds would. Well, you know, yeah. it's funny because I I've seen some of the the Cubs fans don't want him because they think he's going to be buddy buddy with the players. But if you've ever been around Rossi, man, when he gets into yeah. game mode, he'll 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 shit on anybody. He's he could be a huge asshole if he needs yeah. to be, and I think all his teammates respect that. So he, you know, if it's Rizzo or Lester or somebody, he's real buddy buddy with. He'll still snap and and blow them up when he has to. So I, he blows I don't worry anybody about that at all with him. He, he at doesn't any give time. a shit. Any He'll time, blow you up any place. You, if you deserve it, you're gonna get it. If I was late to the field, you know, if I was kind of running behind as a young guy, as I was thinking about David happens. Ross. Yeah, I'd be thinking about <laughs> David Ross on my drive to the park. Yeah, <laughs> what, yeah. how's this guy gonna <laughs> crush ex- me? <laughs> as yeah. soon as I walk in, and you know, I'm just gonna get blown up. The whole team's gonna know I'm late. He's just gonna humiliate me in front of the whole team. So. You know, you think about that stuff. Those are the guys you answer to. You know, it's not always necessarily the manager, but if you got a manager like a that point, too, you man. know, it's yeah. it, those are the guys yeah. you need on your team or in your clubhouse. And I know they've said they've been really missing a David Ross type the last few years. So I yeah. think he'll be a good manager. Me too. I, and I don't, fans, fans have their views on guys that are buddy, but I don't know why it's anathema to the fans for a player to be liked by other players, you know, but it's not. It shouldn't be a bad thing. You know, it's, I don't know why. They associate that with being soft or being, you know, being a player's manager becomes bad when your team doesn't win at all. You know, right? I, I, it's that just makes no sense. But trust me, um, you'd prefer a player's manager than a front office manager, as you can see with yeah. Dave yes, Kepler. Exactly, exactly. That you want to play for for 160 for seven months, you know, of the year. Well, you want exactly. your players to respect you, you know, and, and however you yeah. get there. But I think yeah. one thing a lot of good managers do is is they never forget how hard the game is. And, you know, guys like David Ross that had to grind and just stick around for his whole for most of his career, you know, he's back up and just every year he's on a one year deal trying to get a job next year. Those guys are going to have so much respect. And and you never you know, you never want to lose that that respect for how hard it is to stay in that league and play in that league. And sometimes, man, that people guys, managers are taking orders from up top. Um, They lose their players respect really quick because. They can go to their uh, manager with something perfectly reasonable that they think is a good argument. And he's going to understand and respond to, and he just points up top and says, "I don't have any say so in the matter." Right. As right. soon as that happens, you you lost your whole clubhouse because he's going to tell a few guys about said that. He wanted to, and that's what Anthopoulos said he wanted to avoid. Make sure that ever all the players knew, you know, that Snitz makes lineups. Snitz decides who's the relate who's coming in in this situation yeah. because. 
if they went into his office and said, Snit, why am I bending forth or whatever? And Snit said, Shrug. Go, to, go upstairs and ask. Then he would lose the, all respect. So Yeah, exactly. And that happens fast, you know, you got, and you can't get him back. You got, a, guy, you got a, a player's manager. I think the ultimate player's manager is probably Bobby Cox. People would agree with that. But yeah. mm-hmm. And he had – he had very few rules, right? He had dress code, a couple others, but that was it. But nobody disrespected him for being walk. Tried to walk over him for being a players' manager, right? Because you knew he yeah, he'd, the, he'd snap if you you never you yeah. were never going to disrespect Bobby or anything like that. You just you knew he had your back first. You know, if if something right. he's never going to throw you under the bus in the papers or anything like that. If you and if right. if you had done that to him, he'd probably smack you in the face. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. He'd probably get physical yeah. with you. You had that kind of respect for Bobby that you're not going to. You know, you're not going to ever disrespect him or yeah. do something he wouldn't do to you. It was like, man, it was like playing for a family member, like a grandpa or something. You just want to make him proud. I wonder how he was at the start of his career because the problem that we're going to be faced with now is a lot of these guys are going to get one and two chances to prove that they're going to be good at the job. And then yeah, they're going to get wrist So you never get a chance to establish what kind of a manager you actually are because you're being controlled by the top. And then it's like, yeah. well, sorry, you didn't yeah. win, so you're fucking out of here. Um, that could be another method of cost control too, you know. It it's, is. Not it's one hundred percent. That's what it is. Yeah. And then you might take that next job and go, okay, I'm going to be, a, I'm going to suck up to the to the GM, or, or I'll do whatever they say, so because right. you want to stay employed, so you're not going to exactly. do it your way and be that. Yeah. Well, you see a lot of coaches that have a mind of their own and, and actually speak up and disagree with certain things. They get fired on their way up to the major leagues. You know, minor league coaches yeah. and stuff. Yeah. I have a great yeah. coach, uh, Brad Holman, changed my whole career. But he stands up for players and he speaks his mind every single time, regardless. He's, oh, he's the one that snapped in double A. Yeah, he's one of the best uh, pitching coaches I've ever had. But maybe really? you know, top top two, but he can't get to the major leagues. He got a bullpen job with the Rangers a couple years ago. But he keeps getting fired because he speaks his mind so much. And a lot of times, mm. you know, even right or wrong, if you're disagreeing with the wrong people, you know, you're not going to stick around. So there's, you know, there's a lot of incentive to just be a yes man in baseball. Yeah, and well, players. Roger was a bit like that. Yeah, well, Roger, yeah, Roger, Roger was a bit like that. Yeah, yeah, but he was a great well, pitching a, coach. He was. There's yeah. a guy on the There's a guy on the Braves staff right now who was a. Uh, all the players love. I mean, all the players loved playing for him. Had tremendous respect. Didn't didn't disrespect him. But he told what wise. Yes, basically yeah. told his boss to go fuck himself. You know, um, and. Mm. I think that is holding him back as far as getting another managerial job because I am convinced he's a better manager than ten managers in the major leagues right now. I mean, yeah. that guy that guy could do it. But I, don't, I think they're they're in danger of losing a couple of guys this offseason. I've heard uh, EY's name being thrown around, and yeah. especially Wash's name being thrown around too. The potential manager yeah, spot. There's like fifty openings now, so everyone's bound to get a job. I play yeah. for Wash any day of the week. Fuck yeah, <laughs> Wash is unbelievable. He, he's. He's interviewed in San Diego. I know that. I think he's going to probably get maybe a couple more. But you know, this is probably it now, now or never, because he's he's older than Snit, right? Yeah. I think he's a year older than Snit. So yeah, but Wash like, he's been on Earth for like seventy five, eighty years. But Wash is like thirty five <laughs> years old. He's this awesome, guy's man. energy, man. He has more energy than most he's of the awesome. players. He's he's chain, just, sm- chain smoking yeah. and boundless energy. Yeah, he's yeah, like, he's just yeah, he's ready every kind, day, man. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the guys that, you know, you're, you're in uh you're in danger of losing personalities like that though. Um, That'd be you a know, big by, one by not, you know, by firing guys that, that kind of speak their mind and do their own thing. And, and yeah. two, by all these players that are making that type of money, 
the guys like a Martin Prado that just bring it every single day that rubs off on everybody, you're in danger of losing those guys because they're just making so much money. Now. That's the guy they need in the organization, man. I'm He'd telling be great. you, yeah. if they if they do lose, well, Wash, you could do it. He could be the infield instructor, you know. Or if they lose, you know, if Walt Weiss, I mean, uh, you talk about the best possible influence, and I don't think it's any small matter on Ronald Acuna Jr. would be Martin Prado. He's already yep. a mentor for him, Venezuela. Absolutely. He played. He played with his dad in winter ball back in Venezuela way back. So he's mm. his, he's already had the stamp of approval from his dad, you know. So every time they see they play the Marlins, you can see him over talking to him near the batting cage, telling him as and and Acuna looks at him in the eye just like a big brother or dad, you know. I mean, yes, he shuts up and listens to Martin Prado when he talks, and talk about a guy who played the game the right way. I just think having Prado yeah. around him for a year would be the best possible thing that could happen to Ronald Acuna. God, it would be every, good for him. I think every team needs a bridge between the Latin and the American players. Um, a guy and, that and can Prado just... And Prado is that bridge, man. He's the ultimate bridge. I mean, this yes. guy, he's, yeah. he, he quotes yes. Step Brothers movies, and you know he knows, he knows how to make the white guys laugh, and he's ultimately respected with the Latin dudes. But every yeah. team has a guy that can kind of bridge that gap and say, hey, nobody's out to get anybody here. We're all on the same yeah. page. You know, exactly. you, and if if Prado's sitting at the table, all of a sudden I'm going to go sit with Prado, and so is the Latin yeah. dude. And all of a sudden all of us are sitting at the table just laughing together because Prado's bridging that gap. And all of a sudden you realize, hey, this teammate's actually pretty funny. You know, maybe he does this that I don't like, he does that that I don't like. But you're laughing together about cops. You know, some right. some TV show you're watching together, and and that's kind of how you build that unit and that team and that trust amongst you know all the different teammates with different backgrounds. So, yeah. I, whether whether it's a coach or a player, I feel like you got to have a, a Latin dude in your clubhouse on a daily basis that can really bridge that gap. Well, I hope that they are talking to him, and I'm pretty confident they are because it's. He, I mean, if you got if you're Martin Prado and you got offers, I know his wife's a doctor down in Miami, but if you're the, got offers to be in the stay in an organization as a coach from the Marlins and the Braves. Oh, you're going you going Braves. Take? You're going Braves. Yeah, I mean, and, and I mean, if I'm the Braves, God, I, he's, he would be so valuable that I'd almost create a position like you did with Sal Fasano when he made a catching coach, when you, you hire, you know, you made a new position. Yeah. But if you lose a coach, I would immediately hire him and then shuffle the, however you needed to shuffle the coaching staff to make it work. But I would have Martin Prado on my coaching staff. If I'm the you just, Braves, you got to hope year, he's willing to do it. Prot's made a lot of money. Oh, oh yeah, he's he made it, 60, 70 million, right? Oh, yeah, he's going to stay in the game, though. Don't you think he's staying in the game? I he, think loves he's in the game. he loves yeah, it. He loves it. He loves it. But it's a good good I, point you make. Like, if you gave me the choice between the Marlins and the Braves right now, you'd obviously choose the Braves. But I'm, you know, everything Derek Jeter touches seems to turn to gold. So I, I don't be afraid if the Marlins won't be. And I think Prot lives in, in Miami. Yeah, I think he, he lives in Miami. It's going to take a while. Orlando. No, I think he moved. I think he moved to Miami. Oh, Jeter? Yeah. Yeah, Prado. he bought a place in Miami. Yeah. Yeah, that, come on. That organization, <laughs> it, they ain't going anywhere. It's going to be a long time before they get any good. You think? Well, yeah, I, I just don't see it, dude. I lived down there long enough. It's just a very different – it's a different market. It's yeah, it's tough down there. Tough market. Tough market. Everybody down there is a transit. It's got their own favorite teams, and they're not switching their allegiance to the Marlins, and they're not coming out if they're not in first place or competing for first place. You know, it's just a really tough market. And that ballpark yeah. location, you eliminate a lot of your market from Broward and Palm Beach counties where it is. So, anyway. Yeah, I didn't understand that location decision, but I guess there's no. more. There's I more. think it was a free park, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> That's why that, the location that's, yeah. worked. 
but yeah, someone they, had to pay they, for it. Oh, <laughs> they got the most corrupt of the local politicians. Yeah, uh, that's what I'm saying. The, the, the Miami yes. City Council, they got them agreed to, uh, to agree to to uh, put it on. To, the taxpayers are paying for it without ever voting for it. Yeah, that's what oh, I mean. Oh, I wonder. I wonder. That's not happening anywhere else, has it? <laughs> yeah. Daggum cocaine cowboys, man. Um. So speaking of leadership, Pete, what are oh, you going to yeah. do? You got options. To, you got three options decisions to make within a week of the five days after the World Series. Okay. Nick Marcakis, yep. Julio Tehran, yep. Tyler Flowers. Which, if yep. any of those, are you picking up? You got to pick Tough, up Nick. Huh? You got to pick up Nick, I think. Um, I'm in agreement with you, man. And I know that's not a popular opinion among the fan base, but so what? I, th- I'm agree- right. I agree with you. Even if it's to be um, a fourth outfielder, man, I, th- I, I think exactly. you got to have him. How much is it? I think. It's, it's got to be like four it's or six. something, two or six or six. six. With a buyout, six, too, probably. He, so you're only throwing four the, out there. He made right. four last year, and he had a $6 million uh, option with a $2 million buyout. Now, Julio, million at 12, Julio at 12 is a tough one to me because you've got – I said this a couple of times, but you know, there's a reason why the Astros didn't sign Keuchel back and went out and got Wade Miley, which was a very similar – I'm sure the numbers – um, as far as the the rap soda machines and that sort of stuff, they saw something yeah. in in Wade Miley that they they thought was familiar to Keiko and they got him for four million dollars. So, um, yeah, I don't think that Julio's is going to get picked up. I think he did a great job this year, um, but um, I think that he's going to be bought out and flow with McCann retiring yeah it's tough it makes it tough doesn't it, it makes a difference it's, uh i don't know if i, I thought i was hoping mid-season i thought the way mccann was playing i thought that there might be a decent chance he comes back but yeah that yeah. changed down the second half i, did I think too. He got so, he's just so banged up and all that flow mm. i think that obviously it's not a huge option it's not a lot, whole lot of money but it is enough money that i mean six million if you're not if you're not your primary guy and, right. But he knows your pitchers. He knows your pitchers. Do you want to start from scratch? And the thing is, you got Shea Langoliers that you spent your first round draft pick, and they're big on. So you're not going to get a long term guy. You're not going to go get Real Moto for four years when Langoliers is a guy that you got to take over. But he's not going to be ready at the start of the year. I don't think Langoliers. You can count on that. So yeah, you, you might have to go out and get a guy for a year, a good guy, you know, a decent guy, or a trade for a guy at the yeah, end of the contract. I, I just don't. That's, that's a tough the- one. With the way the free agent market is too, you know, it's a decision yeah. has to be made quick. And it, but you can also say, hey, uh, I guess you have to give them the buyout. So that's the other question. It's just you got to see who's out there. Um, Grandal's still out there, right? You but, might get somebody you know, for two mil. Yep, yep. Grandal. Are you going to win? Grandal's are you going to win the World Series with Tyler Flowers? You catch it. That's the question that needs to be asked. Will you win the World Series with Tyler Flowers? With Tyler Flowers behind the dish. Well, no, I, I mean, yeah, I'm with you. They got to get a guy. I mean, they got to get a guy. You're going to be paying him to be your backup. I don't think you can get a guy long term because you, you drafted this guy Shea Langoliers because he is a he's going to be dynamic defensively and he and he's got a good he's going to hit eventually probably, mm. but he's not going to be ready at the start of the year, you know. But he could be ready in midseason. I mean, this guy played you know all four years in college at Baylor and was you know Gold Glover and all that in college, but. Uh, that He's, doesn't count, Dave. I, I know, but, hey, they drafted him really high because they were convinced that his defensive skills would translate. I mean, he's really quick, pop time, uh, a really good arm. So, I don't know. How's he called the game? I don't know. I don't think yeah. you – I don't think you tra- 
Yeah, he's a real smart That's guy. All optics real, for me, real, Dave. That's all optics, man. Real like, good. Oh, he's pop time and he's quick and his arm strength. Well, why the hell did they draft but... him at the, with their first round pick then at really high if they weren't? I didn't make the decision, you know? Dave. I'm just sitting really back trying high. to explain it to you. I was yeah. not in the draft room. You got to see how I'm he does. That you can't bank exactly. on him. Exactly. Remember when we used to talk about, oh, we used to sit in that room oh, in, in the pan and talk about Freddie Freeman and like, why does this guy get just all of a sudden just fast track to the big leagues why is it what is it about freddie freeman that means he's going to be in the big leagues next year and he got here and somebody knew shit that we didn't know because he exactly fucking unbelievable so Uh, if it's the same as that then someone knows what they're doing so clearly they're they're high on this guy for a reason yeah you'd see freddie in spring training uh, you'd be like man uh, i don't know how freddie's this big of a prospect because his bp is just hitting line drives over shortstop but then once you finally saw him play in a game, I mean, he was never off balance and he was on every pitch and his defense yeah. is good. You know, the stuff becomes yeah. crystal clear. But initially, sometimes, man, we don't see what's so special about a guy until they get to the big leagues. And then you see him Correct. do it up there and you're like, shit, this dude's legit. That's that's kind of the real yeah. test. That's that's why, you know, as as players, we don't get too fired up about prospects because right, you see right. some guys come up and they're hyped to the, you know, they're just extremely hyped. And, you know, this guy sucks right when he gets there. You know, this guy's not yeah. going to turn into anything. But it's well, you remember Betancourt was the can't miss catching prospect. Right. <laughs> and he missed yeah. big time. Yeah. But yeah. but if you interacted with him when he was in the minor leagues, Um, and coming up when he come into big league camp and stuff, you would interact with this guy. And I, you know, as players, I don't remember any players. I remember players saying this dude has a cannon, but when you'd ask about every other aspect of his game, they just kind of give you the, you know, a little shrug. I don't know. I don't know if that's going to work or not. He's got sick pop. He's got a ridiculous arm, but we don't know if it's going to play out. Can he play? You know, can he compete? This guy does. I I think in that regard, as far as interacting with him, this guy's the the direct opposite of him as far as, I mean, even in the interview when we talked to him, he's very impressive. He sounds like you're talking to a, you know, 30 year old guy. He's got a good personality. He's funny, very articulate, but we'll see. Um, Hmm. So yeah, they got his decisions to make within five years, five days of the, uh, of the world series. And then of course they got the big, to me, the biggest, what I think should be the priority this offseason JD. to get it taken care of is JD. Yeah, yeah. But you know how that you know how that might play out because you know if they if they make him the qualifying offer, he's got till December to reject it, and then the Braves will be competing with other teams trying to sign he's him. He's rejecting it. Yeah, there's no point yeah, you taking a one year deal right now. It's just right, silly. right. Just this market, you gotta man. Protect yourself. You have no clue. But you got to protect yourself. He could go out in, in this market. You don't sign him. He could get a hundred million, or he could he could be trying to get a one year deal. I, I, like I have right. no clue how to predict. Uh, I'm pretty confident he's going to get two or three years, even he at is. his age. He, he, he is that good this year and that healthy. He's going to have to grind Kimbrel for it. Last year too. Yeah, you, he's going to have to grind for it. You know, he's going to have teams are playing hardball, and they're in no rush to sign you. You know, he might have to wait till late February to get that two three year deal. Or they might sign it. You know, the Braves should, in my mind, they should try to sign him back. Just the difference he made in the way he played. But you got to set your limits, and and you know, I think the third year is going to be the big kicker for him. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Though, like like last year, they got him and McCann done in November, and they, that was the big heavy lifting. I think you get him done, and then you can build your team around all the other. Then you know how much money you have left. Then you don't have to worry about that big bat in the middle of the order. Then you don't have to worry about getting a third baseman because if it's not him, you got to get somebody because Austin yeah, Riley's not ready to play third base on a daily basis. And and if you saw something Especially after in spending Camargo, a year in left field, and and you and you if you saw Camargo play this year and you think you're confident in him taking over third base next year, then you saw something I didn't see. So mm-hmm. I think you have to go out and get a third baseman, and there's not that many out there. 
There's Rendon. You're not you're not gonna be able to afford him. There's Mustakas, and there's JD. Why can't they afford him? All these contracts, you don't. Ninety nine percent of the time, the team that signs him doesn't end up paying the whole contract anyway. So you look at someone like a Verlander. Who would have thought that the Astros would have taken over Verlander's contract? But I think you pony up and pay these guys. You go out and you get a Cole, you get a Bumgarner, you get a Rendon, you get, fuck it, we're going to win this thing. Game changer. Well, well, I agree. If it's my money, I'm doing that too. But it's not <laughs> my money. I'm just going. I'm just going by what You're the being Braves realistic. have done. Yeah, I'm going by what the Braves have done. And when yeah. they went out last year and got JD on a one-year deal, that Alex is all into the high AAV with a short contract. So they, everything I've talked to uh, from from what I've talked to from front office officials, including the man at the very top, is they are totally committed to not having dead money on their right. doing everything they can to not have dead is. money ever ever again. Yeah. There's Every not going to be anyone that's yeah. So those, um, the, so those, so those six, seven-year deals. I do not look at the Braves as signing guys to those deals. Not even in the conversation. Well, they're not going to compete then because other people will. That's the issue that they're going to have. Look and look. All power to the the Oakland A's and the Rays for doing what they're doing. But they're but they're looking at they're looking at it differently. That you know they haven't been able to get past the first round or second round of the playoffs. So in order to get to the World Series, you're going to have to go out there and either rebuild completely rebuild like the Astros did and come up with a fucking team full of studs. And you got to hit. Or you, you got to hit you if you do that. some cash. Exactly. Exactly. Well, yeah. I thought they had a good team, though, this year, Pete. I thought they, they, they were playing their shittiest ball when the playoffs started, but I thought this Braves team was good enough. They we saw them play the Nationals and the Cardinals all year, and they, they were as be good or better than those be teams. They should be right now. They should be they playing. Should be so, going. so there's Absolutely. no reason they, they weren't good enough this year to get to the World Series. I'm not saying they could beat the Astros. But uh, this was a good enough team. So, I mean, and but the I don't Astros think went that, out and got what makes the Astros unbeatable right now is they went out and Cole, got Verlander. Cole and Verlander. They got, yeah, they got, a, they got a ton of money. I mean, they, and they're willing to spend it. Their owner is willing to spend the money and they've got a ton of it. But right. um, I don't think that Rendon is the difference maker as far as you either pay for him or you don't, you don't compete. To me, I think you could do that. Spend that money elsewhere because Rendon, you're gonna be, he's gonna get 250 million or so because you look at it what Arenado got, and that's what Rendon can expect to get. He's one year older than Arenado. He's gonna get more than that because Arenado was only negotiating with one team. I yeah. I agree. He's probably gonna get 300 million, and the I, I right. do not see the Braves being no, that, I don't in that conversation. But I, I could I, be wrong. I think the I saw something I liked the other day where people were saying, and they you know, still like, like Riley too. Now you know for the future. Now they would trade him if if the right deal came along, but they still like him for long term. So, if you got like you know people saying, "Oh, look at the Phillies spent this money on Harper, they're home. Look at the teams that did this and they're they're home." You know, don't you think these there's teams that would have been better with Manny Machado or Bryce Harper right now? You know, it, mm-hmm. if you if you have those players, you are better. I think teams. Are I don't just think Bryce Harper's that good a player myself. I really don't. Yeah, but you, the, well, what, what do they surround Harper with? They've surrounded him with shit, and the same thing with with Machado. You can't just bring in a Machado and expect him to carry the other twenty four guys on the roster. And I, I don't either. There, I agree with they Dave. Make it better. I agree with you that he's not as great a player as like a three hundred, four hundred million dollar guy. No. He does not deserve to be one of the five highest played players in the game, much less the, the high, biggest biggest overall contract. What if, what if he was lurking down in the six hole or hitting in the two hole for the Braves lineup this year? 
You know how well, much right, different. Right, but you're paying him three hundred and thirty million. You're what, paying him more than Freddie he, Freeman, like a lot more. No, he's got more what, protection. Too, what though. numbers is he putting up in on this team? You know, what kind of impact exactly. does he make on, on a certain team? It's not, you know, obviously guys get overpaid, but they're underpaid early. But uh, you know, it's it's not like buying these free agents doesn't help your team. That I think teams are just like you said, they're so wary of the dead money, they're willing to try another route versus get stuck with the backside of that contract. Well, I think Rendon. Now that if he got the three hundred million dollars, I think he's worth yes. every penny. Yes, uh, and that's exactly. why you got to pick and, and choose. Both those guys, and the I personalities. Think Machado is, and Machado, even though he's he's not, you know, he might be disruptive or whatever. He's a great player. He's a stud. Mm. But I'm just I'm just saying Bryce Harper is not a he's not an all time type player. We thought he was going to be, but he's not. No, nah, he hasn't lived up he, to the hype. You only think Machado is disruptive because he played. Six years ago, if he had been playing the way that he played six years ago, now he would just be letting the kids play. Yeah, so yeah he would. He'd be he came up the in a different play. era. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm just talking about the little, the little penny ante stuff here and there, like stepping on the dude's foot. At well, the he cost himself a of lot of money in the playoffs last year, kind of doing those things. I yeah. think a lot of teams just said, "There's our out. We don't, you know, we don't want to deal with this." this hey, this type hey, he of got stuff. 300 million, and he's living in San Diego. He's doing all right in my yeah, book. he's doing fine. <laughs> he's doing fine. Now I guess but you understand what best- I mean, Dave. Yes, I do. But he's not the right. best player on that team, by the way. Tatis is the best player on that team, in my opinion. Yeah, but he's also got one year in, so we'll see. God, he's good. Woo. He is good. He the is whole good. point That's is if you're going to do storm. the rebuild, you got to hit. You know, If he's you're going to do a rebuild, you got to hit on your prospects and then supplement it by by buying free agents with that. Imagine you know? those the potential of those two guys, man. The, the, the Padres could be really good in a couple they of could. years, man. Yeah. But do you but see think it happen? But think of it this way, too, Dave. You've got, you've, we've got – talking about hitting – We've already hit with Acuna and Albies, yeah. so and they're locked up for yes. the next eight years. So yes. whatever you bring in to complement those two guys, it needs to be good enough to make sure that you win because you've gone out and you've done the right things, you've rebuilt, yep. you've paid you've these hit. guys, you locked them up. Let's go! Don't oh, waste they, it. They got the two, arguably the two best contracts in the majors with those two guys. Yeah, they do. I mean, you, they arguably have the best two contracts in the majors. I mean, Aussies looks better you, every day. When you hear There's Rizzo no talking about, you hear Rizzo no talking about he would offer Soto two hundred and twenty million right now, but he won't yeah. sign it. So what does that say about what they've done with Acuna? The, which is more than Ozzy and Acuna together, together. will make yeah. yep. for a decade, and you got him. Yep. The yep. Ozzy contract it's going to be so embarrassing that I think in a few years they're going to have to rework that one. It's going to be embarrassing how it's little he's be- making for how productive he is. A Salvador Perez situation where they say, look, we absolutely bent you over. Here's a little bit more cash. He yeah. signed it, man. Yeah. He signed the deal. Exactly. It's, I know. I see I see I this know. in and the NFL where guys sign contracts yeah. and they just say I'm not they don't they're not showing up. I don't know how that works, but in MLB it's like, man, you signed the contract, it's you sign guaranteed money. Oh, yeah, you know, it's guaranteed you, whether like you, you break your leg contract. now or whether you yeah. don't play. Yeah. It's guaranteed. Yeah. And that's the so. trade off. Yeah, that's the trade off. Yeah. yeah. You got guaranteed money, man. I feel like you signed that deal. You knew the risk you were taking, and you just got to honor it. Well, uh, he's playing relaxed now. His family's set for life down at Curacao. Exactly. That's a big difference you know? maker. Yeah, yeah. There's no doubt. That's a difference maker. That I, just, that, I think there'll be a, the know, two sides. Will be able pressure. To, I think the two sides will be able to work out something. You know, five years in, they can just add two years to the back end of it at a higher whatever. Whatever. Who mm. cares? Like Longoria. Longoria signed a deal like that. Yeah, that Freddie, was Freddie's going to be in it. Freddie's going to be an interesting case. And uh, he's got two years left on his deal. Has he still got two years left? Two years left at like 22, 20, 20, yeah, 22, 23 million. Yeah. Wow. 
Good yeah, for him. I think you got to make him a brave for life. Yep, I oh agree. yeah, I th- I think you do that with a year left. I think you add like five years to it with a year left. Chipper, five's they too took much. That. You think five's too much? Well, how old would he be at that stage? Well, he's twenty nine right now, so he'll be thirty one. So he'll be thirty six at the end of it. Yeah, it's okay. They do that. Yeah, they do that. They do yeah. that. I was going to say, I'm here on the podcast. We could let every, we could let Freddie know that you think he'll be too old to give. No, no, no. Deal. Just talking about the way that the game's going right now. I'll tell him myself he's too old. Yeah, it's not. That's not his personal opinion. <laughs> yeah. That's just how it's how guys are being exactly. analyzed now. Look at me. Yeah. You know, had to sign minor league deals at 39. It's bullshit, bro. <laughs> You're old. I'm Milo. old as fuck, man. I'm telling you. Boy- I'm still trying to throw bullpens too. You should see me. It's embarrassing. <laughs> Boy, look, tell tell, tell yeah. the story of how you've signed a minor league deal every is it true you signed a minor league deal every year of your career? Is that like in the last five every, years or whatever you every year since 2011 was my last guaranteed deal, and that wasn't even guaranteed. That was just arbitration. Yeah. So from from 12 to 19, I signed a minor league deal <laughs> wow. every year with no guaranteed money. It was wow. You got to prove. Well, understandably though, I mean, I fucking fell yeah. apart every year. So yeah, yeah, they're gonna be like, they're gonna be like, nah, we're good. Yeah, your joints are hanging on by right. a thread. You don't even know if you have a ligament left. So you were never lacking in motivation, man. You were never lacking motivation. You had to be. You had to be on your game when you got to spring training, right? You had to pitch. Yeah, I was basically. You know how when you're when you're first coming up and you never ever say no if you're available, that was me for my yeah, whole career. Yeah, man. me too. Yeah. I was today? right there with yeah, you. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, but you know, you well, talk about I mean, that that comfort of of having guaranteed money. My best season was my first year that I just went to arbitration and I couldn't get sent down. I couldn't, you know, you could get sent yeah. down, but shit had to hit the fan for you to get sent down. When you're on that major league right. minimum, you go two right. innings, three innings, you're not available tomorrow. You might be on that bus to Gwinnett. So, yeah. you know, for me, that changed that changed the whole aspect. When you look at Ozzy's contract, you know, maybe he's playing yeah. the way he's playing because he doesn't have to worry about that anymore. It, it does. It takes a lot of pressure off as a player. At what yeah, point I, are they going to rejig the first six years of Major League Baseball contracts? It's got to be four oh, if dude, you're going to. It's going to be the next agreement. To do it. It's going to be the yeah. next and agreement. They've got to do it. Absolutely. And the minimum is you got to make a free agency after five years. Minimum. Minimum. Yeah, at least because, because right that's now, not enough just, either. Yeah. Okay. If your average guy, what is a rookie at say 23 now, you know, uh, it, well, it's getting younger and younger, but if you're a normal guy, you're not a superstar and you reach the majors at say 23, you're not mm-hmm. a free agent until you're 29 years old. And then you're, and too, then old. you're too old to give up. It yeah. makes exactly. no sense. That model yeah. does not work. So well, if you're going to go with sense. the analytics, it, it did. It, it did but make analytics sense. Analytics changed all that. It changed it. So yeah. we got to, I mean, you got to change some players getting screwed. Players getting screwed now. Yes. So many guys got huge contracts in their early 30s or at 30 years old. That don't happen now, man. That's why it's going to be a fun agreement. That next agreement is going to be fun to watch play out because, you know, I don't. I'm not banking on that licensing check. Oh, I don't know about you, but no. I'm not banking on any licensing money. <laughs> no, that, that thing's getting used on lawyers. But yeah, yeah it's it's going to be interesting, how, man, because they got to fight about, hard this time. How about starting arbitration a year earlier and and two and five a year back on the on free agency too? That yeah. change a lot. Yeah, and get rid of that super yeah, two that, stuff. That'd be a good start. My biggest argument is, you know, you've got these guys that, and I was one of them. Um, you've got these guys that come up that have really good years early on. And they don't get paid for it. So Johnny you waste what whatever right. Johnny Venner's exactly. You waste your 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 ability to earn money is wasted in 
league minimum and arbitration hearings that the team gets yeah. the benefit of you yeah. potentially being an MVP or a Cy Young or whatever it is and paying you the league yeah. minimum the next year. Even though you proved that yeah. you can play at an MVP caliber, you get paid like you don't know what the fuck you're doing. Because there have been a cases of guys that were like uh, literally MVPs and uh, you know in their first or second year and, and, or, and got basically league minimum the next year. They might go ahead and give him like a a, a, a token, oh, we're going to give you a million dollars. We're going to pay you twice as much as we was right. paid you. Yeah, but you know what? You're getting 100 times the value of what you're paying me, and then next year you're still not going to pay me right. based on what I did last year. So how is this a fair system? How is this – find me another job in the world – where you can go and you can put in a performance like that and not get rewarded until six years in. Yeah, I was when I was covering yeah, the Marlins, you know, they were notoriously tight, and they had a couple of guys that came up and were uh, rookie of the year or got uh, MVP votes or whatever, and they gave them like fifty thousand dollar raise for the next year. I mean, it was still yeah, like barely exactly. above the league minimum. And the Braves, after they slashed payroll, you know, for that period there, they weren't they were barely given raises at all above the league minimum to guys. You know, really, it really didn't matter what you did in that first year. You know, yeah, they weren't doing much at all for guys. I think uh, I think the most genius move that the teams have pulled off, though, is is getting fans to buy into rebuilds. That it's the only way to to really turn your organization (laughs) around and win. Because yeah, Uh, yeah, and they're just going to lose for ten years, and then fans are going to finally like kind of be like, "Hey, this shit ain't working." They're already doing that in Florida. They've won two World yeah, Series but, there, but, but that Florida's place is flies. Easy to, There's nobody there. You can get away with that in Florida. They, they weren't coming yeah, even when they were good. Uh, yeah. That's, that's Here's true. my issue with the whole thing is that you go into – and this is this plays into the, the Minnesota Twins making the playoffs this year. They played in a division with the White Sox, the Tigers, and the Royals, and yeah. they won 100 games. Yeah. They won 100 games. And then they got to the playoffs and got absolutely fucking dog walloped yeah. because they were not the team that they <laughs> win suggested they were. Yeah. And it's just there's no there needs to be an even schedule and yeah. there needs to be Agreed. none of this none of this interdivisional bullshit where you play you play against the like if we had to play it against it's just uh, it's just a frustrating time in baseball right now. And you said oh fans are buying into the rebuild bullshit and you're going to end up seeing teams like the Orioles or or Detroit or Toledo yeah. which Detroit ended up being this year and it's just it's not even a competition. Yeah. Guys are in the big leagues that shouldn't be in the big leagues, and there's guys that are sitting at home that should be in the big leagues. Yeah, and the part that you know, the part that gets me is is just that you know they've done a really good job educating fans with all the analytics, and this guy's going to fall off, or this is the best way. You know, they've done them; they've made them feel like GMs at home, but right. nobody sees the owners' books. You know, right, nobody right. knows right. what how right. what's behind the curtain. They're just buying into this concept that you have to penny pinch yeah. and do this this certain way is the only way to win. Uh, right. I say this all the time, you know, you don't see people walking down the street in, in T-Mobile jerseys because if, if T-Mobile <laughs> said, hey, look, you know, we got we got 4G LTE service right now. We want 5G in a few years. So just grind this next three out with us. We're going to give you we're going to give you 3G service. Just grind it out. Just hang in there. And the end game is going to be unbelievable. You know, that yeah. that fan loyalty that's that's such a big part of sports. I think yeah. that it gets taken advantage of in a sense where they know you're not going anywhere so they can right. run. Uh, uh, a low quality product out there and expect you to keep buying it and showing up. And even if you don't show up to the games, you got the TV money. So you can just yeah. put your fans on standby and they've done a good job educating them and getting them, you know, on board with the rebuilds. 
But if T-Mobile did that, if they said we're going to 3G for three years, everybody just say screw off and go get Verizon or Sprint or something like that. There's this, there's always a demand to throw the best product out there. But in sports, you know, you got that loyalty to fall back on where you can just throw a subpar product out there for three years, rake in money, and then hopefully our rebuild works out. If it doesn't, then you know you bought three years of pure profit. And you've mm-hmm. and you and you've convinced the fans or a lot of the fan base because some still are like you uh, said earlier, Moilo, go for it. But there are plenty of fans that are convinced that, okay, you've given them this arbitrary self-imposed uh, payroll limit. Yeah. And let's just say That's theoretically. The thing. No one puts a limit on you except for the team themselves. Yes. <laughs> there's no salary cap. You know, mm-hmm. there's a luxury tax, but most teams like the Braves are not even anywhere remotely near it. So we got a, but we it's got funny because you'll, yeah. Yeah, you'll hear, you'll hear, you know, say people, fans think that the payroll limit is 140 million, for instance. And then, uh, and then this player wants, you know, uh, or this player is making six or seven million and wants, you know, 10 million. You'll hear fans that are convinced that, no, he's not worth more than nine million. Like that million means something to the owners who are billionaires. You know, it's the thing you always hear. Yeah, 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 and what and what it what that money is worth, you know, if you look at war, what it's supposedly worth for every point of war, then like JD Everyone's this year underpaid. far far outplayed yeah. his contract, you know. But people don't look at it that way. They think, ah, he's thirty three. He made uh, twenty three million this year. I'd say he lived up to the contract, you know. And but they don't look at like you said, we don't see the books. They, but you but see you the player salaries. You see those big right. numbers. Right. You don't see, the, see the you play. don't see the big numbers behind the curtain. You don't see I, their. I think you know, if they opened up their books once, and you saw those big numbers, be different. I think Chef once told me in Florida. You know, when I said somebody said something to him about being rich, he goes, "Yeah, I'm rich." He goes, "They're wealthy, man. I'm rich. They're wealthy." Yeah. You know, the owners are wealthy. They're the ones. The they're the ones with billions of dollars. You know, these guys are making ten, twenty million dollars for five, six years. And that you know, that's a great living. That's a hundred, a hundred and fifty million that most of us can only dream about. But it's a drop in the bucket compared to what owners have and the Kobe, and what most owners were born with, to be the honest. Kansas City the Kansas City Royals owner bought the Royals for eighty million dollars and sold them fifteen years later for one billion. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, look what the Marlins were sold for. Jeter bought the Marlins for over a billion dollars. They were yeah. bought for two hundred million when I was down there. Two hundred twenty yeah. million, I think it was. The Marlins, who are horseshit. Until you, until you who, can put a hard, who have a taxpayer a hard, funded stadium. <laughs> until you can put a hard number, a concrete number on what war and get a correct value for it. First of all, but then put a number to it. Say this is how much one war is worth, and they say it's five, six, eight, whatever it is. Then you can go back and say, okay, this player completely outplayed his contract or this player didn't outplay his contract. And I think I would love it, and I'm sure you would too, is if they would say, okay, everybody's going to make the league minimum and you're going to get paid based on your war at the end of the year. Let's go ahead and do that. That'd be wild. I, I, wish oh, I think fan, a lot of guys would be up I, for I wish that. It, I just don't know that war is ever going to be understandable to the average person because if it was, it'd be great because you'd be able if – if they could associate war the way they do like batting average, you know, right. people would be able to look at, you know, this guy had – like JD this year had 6.1 war, Rendon had 6.3, you know, Arenado yeah. had 5.9 and they'd be right. able to look at it and go and, and yeah, he was worth more than that. But I, I think mm. we're still a ways, a, a good ways away from that 
because it's going to be because you can't even get you can't even get fan graphs and baseball reference to agree on on war like yeah, pitchers right. their, their their numbers for pitchers are really disparate yeah i'm just i'm just throwing out scenarios out there because it's yeah. until you put a until you can get a proper value on what what a player's actual value is yeah then yeah, we're yeah. always going to have this argument uh, anyway um oh so then you got you, yeah. you know after the after those after those needs that we have there and the the, the options you got and you got JD what do you think uh, Moylo what do you think the priorities after that I mean besides JD and making these decisions which you're gonna have to do after the World Series what do you think should be the priorities this offseason what do they got to do to get how many to pr- how many to do what to prevent what happened if you can if there's any way well I think you got to get more starting pitching can, you, don't you don't you, you need more rotation? starting pitching I think I think so Mad Bum wants to come here. He uh, yes, he's made that yes. quite clear that he, he would love to come here. So I think he's he's someone that you need to go and target. And, he's got plenty left. And, he's twenty nine years old. Yeah, that's it. Um, yeah, I he's know. only like twenty nine. Isn't ever. that amazing? He's, it's amazing. Like he's he feels thirty five at least. He's twenty nine. <laughs> yeah. Yep, he'll be thirty. He would be a great addition. And then you know yeah. one more one more front end starter. I think. Depending on how many guys we get back from that bullpen, I thought Melanson. Does Melanson still under contract for next year? Yeah, Melanson. Yep. They got Melanson and, and Green. Green. And Green. They got Melanson and Green. So okay. that, yeah. thankfully, they don't have a whole lot. I mean, they got a nice start there, which in the past years has not been the case. Last year, your start there was Mentor and Vizcaino. That's what you're building around. Mm. You know, I, so, that's, so that's mm. a bit. What of do you upgrade. think about Nuke, Marlo? I think Nuke should be at least a number two starter when I watch him throw. I think if he can get a third pitch, it changes everything. But right now, he's just fastball curveball. Um, yeah, he did have a he did have a decent changeup when he was starting. But yeah, coming out of yeah. the, coming out of the pen for a year and not using it, I you don't know how, it. how yeah. effective it can be. Yeah, he's really good. He just um, seems like I'm you know he's got option, the ball but, explodes you know, out of his hand. He's got that big curveball. It's it's just I I can't see why you have I mean you got to give him at least one shot to be that front guy. I think yeah, I think it depends on what you get this offseason, but I mean, yeah. I I think you go out and get two guys. I really do. I think you you can count on obviously Soroka and Freed. And yeah. I mean, God, Fulte, I just don't know what to th- I mean, Fulte, obviously he showed us, you know, what he can do. You can't for, judge but- you can't judge Fulte. You judge Fulte on the second half. You don't judge him from Yeah, game. he was terrific. And I think he was really he's good. Terrific. At minimum, he's a real good number three. At minimum, but he's a top of the rotation talent. Obviously, the stuff. Yeah. Then you got guys down. You got you got so those guys three. Down you can count in, on those are the, in the yeah. yeah. The young Don't guys. forget the guys in the bushes too. You got the guys. Oh that yeah, can, I'd love to see them in the spring training. They got they got arms for days down there. Yes. Yeah, they do. Oh yeah, uh, Ian Anderson. I, if he's not ready, he's going to be really close to being ready. That guy's he's a stud. He's a stud. Yeah, well, that's why yeah. you, you see the short-term deal. You know, buy you a year until these yeah. guys are ready. Buy this guy because now yeah. you know there's so much value on these prospects, and these guys look promising. You don't want to, you know, Mad Bum's a good candidate for me because coming off more of a down I, year, yeah, I don't yeah. Think give he's him two years high like a, AAV. Exactly. Yeah. Two exactly. years high AAV. That's what I'd give Bum Gardner and buy yeah, him a fucking track death. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I might get you score you some points right there. <laughs> and you know, if he does well, then you can always resign him. He's a North Carolina boy. He ain't gonna want to fuck go anywhere else after he's played here a couple of years. Mm-hmm. If you want him, but yeah, I think you go high AV with him, and that, and then you get one other guy, and then you got uh, Kyle Wright and Ian Anderson and Bryce Wilson and all these guys competing for one spot in spring training. Yeah. I think that would be ideal. Called cool. depth, big fella, depth. And yeah. then send the other guys yeah. down to AAA and have them work and 
I, I think the Braves are in a good spot. And I, I would love it if they went out and got like a Cole. Like if they went out and got Garrett Cole. Oh, that'd be yeah. a power move. That kind of that guy. That's a message. Oh, exactly. He's going to get so He's going to get a billion dollars. Yeah, I think yeah. that, he's the know, other, He and Rendon are the two that are going to get the $300 million contracts this offseason, I think. And I agree with them getting that money. And I, uh, you know, I, I think that it's, it's worth it to sign a guy like that. You obviously, you got to do your background and make sure it's the character you want and you do all your research. And, and I think that's why Machado and Harper had a hard time getting those deals. But yeah. these two guys, their character seems Great. pretty damn Exemplary. good. Exemplary, yeah. No. Have no, you listened no to the interviews there. that Coles give? I listen to the interview that Cole does after the games and even during yeah. the year. He he's just he goes into depth. Like he's not just sitting yeah. there standing there. Like, uh, he's smart, man. Questions. He's good. Yeah. He's really. He's I was awesome. in camp with him with the Pirates one year. He's he's a smart, smart guy. I mean, he knows pitching yeah. too. I mean, I feel good about him. But you know, it's just like Dave said with the history. You just don't see the Braves getting involved, whether it's a, a good deal or not, or a smart deal or not. It's just not been their MO to, to bid on these guys, and, but and I think they're both difference than, makers. Now more than ever, they're looking at not doing it. You know. So. Yeah. Yeah, but how long now, does the how how long does now, the bringing guys up from within like eventually you're gonna have to go and spend some money on a big time free agent, right? I mean, I haven't seen the Braves spend on a big time free agent since I've been around. When was the last time they did? If they if ever. Nah, I mean, on both these guys, I think now's a good time to do it. I, I'm not well, sure they, it's going to happen, but yeah, yeah. That, I mean, on both of them, you're I naming, think now's a you're great naming time. The, you're naming the two highest paid guys. I think the other guys that are free agents, they're all. I think the Braves could get involved. I just don't see it with going seven years with anybody. But but yeah. when you're maybe analyzing maybe the playoffs right now, when you're trying to analyze the playoffs right now, you're looking at teams and you're saying who's going to be the. You're looking at Strasburg, Scherzer, Verlander, Cole, That's and you're saying, saying I don't know how teams can beat these guys. And I feel You've like got- you know you might be able to grow one of those guys, but you might not. And you need something like that. Well, to maybe Soroka put you over can the be your Strasburg. There's no reason Soroka he can, can't for be sure. your Strasburg. There you go. Compliment him with Cole. And what are you looking at? Can you imagine right. having to face Soroka and Cole four times in a series? But just look at the two teams that have made it. It's all built on starting pitching. And they went out and got those starters, Houston especially. They went out and got them. And so yeah. did the Nationals. They, didn't de- they developed Strasburg, yeah. But they didn't develop you got Scherzer. Scherzer. Or Corbin. They didn't, yeah, they didn't develop Corbin. Like They had to go out oh, and get I agree. these guys. I There's agree, a point where, where it's smart yeah. to do it. I think, you know yeah. what, maybe if the uh, the Nationals, I think, are the oldest team in baseball, maybe if they, they go out and win with this, with this actually going out and, and getting Scherzer and spending some money – you know, getting Corbin, well, then you see, hey, you can, you can in some when sense I asked, buy when a When I asked Snit this question, I, or asked Alex this question the day after the season ended, I said, you know, your MO, Terry has said in the past that your MO, your business model, it doesn't suit you to go out and build through free agency, especially pitching. Is that still the case? And Alex said, You've yeah. already built. So we make, we make well, it's a case by case thing, but yes, I would say as a rule, yeah, that's not a smart way to build through free agency, your, especially your pitching staff. Then I had no idea Terry McCurk was standing about twenty feet behind me when I said that when I paraphrased him, and Terry said to me after he goes, "Hey, come here, no, you you got about right." He goes, "But there are, I, it is a case by case thing," and I've said when we get to the point where that one piece will put us over the top. We will, we will, we will consider doing that when it put, and he goes, and we're Don't getting close to that. that point. He I said, we're getting that point. 15 years, guys. Come on. This is That's what he that said. Time. We're getting close to that. We're getting close I think to they're that. at you know, that point, man. Back we're, in the days they did that, but back in the day that meant going to get Greg Maddox and paying him a drop in a bucket compared to what it is today. But they, out, right. you know, they, 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 uh, they, uh, they, they got him when the Yankees uh, offered more for Maddox. So, but and look, he was the best guy available. He was a Cy Young award winner, young. I'm not just saying that you have to go and get the top three, the top three pitching free agents. You look at someone like 
and Annabelle Sanchez. Annabelle Sanchez got a two-year, twelve million dollar deal, yep. and yep. he is part of that that rotation that's yep. been successful. Oh, you he's don't need, how, He's been so how much, good. How much could he have helped the Braves this year? Oh my goodness! Yeah, but who would he sign a million dollar deal at the end of spring training after being dumped yeah, by another team? Like, who would have thought yep. that he was going to turn around and do what he did? Look, he then did numbers, what he did for us last year, it. right? Um, and he turned that into, he parlayed that into a two-year, twelve million dollar deal. Good for him. But that's the kind of guy that I think could help too. And then you don't need to fork out big cash for. Oh yeah, I think any of those guys like that. You got if you could get Mad Bomb and then a guy like that. Yeah, I think that'd be, oh. and you still have money. And and I, also, what are you going to do about the outfield? I mean, are you going to bring back Ender? Are you going to trade him and go get another guy? Or what are you going to do? I mean, uh, you got to let him build his value up. Ender could be worth a lot, man. If he plays like he like he's shown he's capable. If if. That's a big if. Big if, but there's always A lot always of injuries, if. man. A lot of injuries. There's, yeah, it's true. You, you know, there's there's ifs with everybody, though. You know, he came you back know, from the, the hamstring. You're on. You know, he came back Pulled from the hamstring. Pulled his quad, didn't he? And hurt the quad, yeah, when he, right when he came back. So. And that's someone know. who relies on his legs a lot. Uh, yeah, 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 without his legs, he's nothing, yeah. Mm. Well, that's someone yeah. says nothing, but, you know, he's still a human, well, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> you do not want a Cunha in center field next year. You do not want nope. that. He's a right fielder. He's a right fielder with that arm. That's where he plays. It plays great out there, and he's just not a center fielder, man. I'd like to see what Drew Waters can do, honestly. I think one of those guys could be ready between Pache and him. I think you could – one of those, they want both, but maybe one of them could be. We only need one. Yeah. Pache is is the best defensive of of them all, but they're both, I'm told, gold glove center fielders types. But, you know. That's a good spot to be in again. For the, and that's the thing. We talk about all the arms they have, but they've got they've got position play yeah. prospects too. A lot more than they did a year ago at this time. Yeah. These guys are real close now. Those two outfielders, the catcher. Yeah, they got a lot of guys that are getting close. We'll see. When you talk about good spot you know, that's in. not how you build though. You know, you don't build through free agency. This is it's built, man. You look yeah. at this 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 window they got, things are built. Right. You know, I, I think that's right. why yeah. it's it's a tough cop out for me not to go for maybe a big dog free agent that's especially you know, like a Garrett Cole, two, man. He's 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 changing everything. You got two years left with Freddie, man, but while he's under this contract and he's still at the peak of his career right now, man. It'd be a shame not to capitalize on that. We've got I think you bank on him coming back though. Yeah. Oh yeah, I do he too. But to I mean, but he's at his peak right now. You know how long will this last? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how long it will be. We've pulled the Christmas got 45 tree. Forty-five years of Acuna. The, we've pulled the Christmas tree out of the basement. We've got all the decorations on. Now we just need a star. We just need that star on top, and we'll go. Garrett Cole, yeah. that such star. a media guy. There it is. There it is. Garrett Cole, will you be our star? Will you? <laughs> That's, That's your a, pitch to him. Will you be him. our angel on top of our tree? That's your pitch to him. We're not going to give you as yeah. much as you get elsewhere, but you can be our star on top of the tree. <laughs> <laughs> he's got uh, Boris, doesn't he? And we're getting Mad Bomb. So if oh, we get you, out. look at that. We'll get Mad Bomb, you, and you guys be, You guys can teach Soroka the, the final. You'll be a finished product. You, he's finished in school hunt. for Soroka. How to go kill a deer with your hands. <laughs> I don't know that Soroka needs any more finishing school. I think that kid's there, man. Yeah, he's, he's no, he's uh, mature. <laughs> what he did I'm in the sure playoffs was at after that age. The, the stretch, yeah. everyone was sort of looking the last two weeks. Ooh, you know, he's tired. He said, "Fuck yeah. you, I'm tired." I know he's best down would the stretch. Have, would right. you have started him twice in that series, Moilo? Ooh, um, in hindsight, I, in I hindsight, say I yeah, would. of course, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Um, but at the time, I don't, I don't I know. I understood the reasoning. I understood the right. reasoning, but it's tough to, to go on splits for one year, man. Jesus. Yeah. But it was all. Yeah, was, I said, you know, it was lined up I for him. I thought that though. it was just. It was lined you up don't, for him. You know, the playoffs are such a different atmosphere in general that the, I just was like, man, it, it could all change in the playoffs. He could deal at home too. Mm. But your ace only pitching once in that series is tough for me. But, yeah. you know, the, the devil's advocate is it was lined up. You win game four, then he starts game one on the road. Yeah, it all worked out. Well, he would have right. ended up starting game one at home anyway because the Dodgers got beat. So you're facing, you would have been facing the, the Nats. <laughs> At home, the only thing that they did wrong is just not hitting Game Four. No, That's exactly. it. The, everything else, exactly. everything else worked out exactly they went five according to the plan. Thirty-nine so. with runners in scoring position yeah. in that series. Five for thirty. They you got five hits. That. In couldn't five predict games. that. No. Yeah. The only question I had was bringing in Jackson in Game One instead of a Melanson to shut that inning down because you had you had the three, four, five guys coming up. They're all right-handed. Yeah. You're, you're in the eighth. In the eighth, your third best reliever goes down, so you bring in your fifth best reliever instead of the first you know, instead of your closer. I would have brought the closer in right then, but again, who knows how the ninth inning would have played out? So hindsight's yeah. twenty twenty. Or how he's going to respond to warming up on, on the, the field. field. Exactly. Exactly. So I mean, that, if you're going to pick yeah. at anything, that's the only thing that I would really. Pick out through the whole series, but you couldn't hey, see that coming either. There's always next year. You didn't. You, you don't go you over that up? in the pregame either. If, if somebody pulls an no, oblique, no, yeah, I say you don't go over that either. You know, if somebody pulls an oblique, if your setup man pulls exactly. an oblique, you know, that's another thing that you can't really. How be prepared about that, for. man? The guy's never had an oblique problem in his life, and he goes out there and he's warming up for the biggest game of his life, and he pulls yeah. an oblique. What the fuck is that? I'll tell you what, man. Billy Wagner, man, Billy Wagner, two thousand ten, pulled his Warm- oblique. Yeah. No, that was a did he do hernia, it? wasn't it? It was a hernia at San Francisco. That was two thousand ten. No, yeah, he did at something San, at San Francisco. That was when Kimbrel stepped in for that last. Still game made to play course. though. That's another year, man. That's another year we could have. Uh, did he do you know, it during the game? Gone deep, you lose one. Did it during the game? He got, he yeah, I thought, right I thought he did it during the first. Yeah, it was yeah. during the game. It wasn't warming yeah. up. No, it was yeah. during the game. He had a tapper back to him, and he picked it up, threw him out at first, and then hobbled off the field, and we all just said, fuck, yeah. Yeah. that's it. We're in trouble. Do you think that's a guy excited? Martin's never pitched in a postseason. Is he just excited out there warming up? I mean, or is it just one of those freaky things that happens? I think it's you one of those freaky things. Yeah. 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 Maybe stress. You know, maybe maybe you're a little more tense and, and kind of got the – Got some anxiety well, or something. Here's an example. Super, whatever. Here's an example. I don't know. I mean, it can happen. When I blew out in 2008, I blew out because it was the first. It was the start of the year. Gonzalez and Soriano were both went down. We didn't know who the closer was going to be, and the first opportunity that there was to pitch in a in a safe situation, I got the call, and I was so fucking amped up that I threw 100 miles an hour and I blew I my elbow out. So <laughs> I was done. For I've a seen year. that video. <laughs> yeah. I've seen that video. Yeah. So yeah, no, I I think that you can kind of get out of yourself, you know, you over just overexert yourself a little bit when when that adrenaline hits, man. When that playoff adrenaline hits, well, I like you know pitching in that wild card game, man. I couldn't even feel my limbs. I couldn't feel my feet. I couldn't feel my hands. I had to step off and just breathe three, four times. Uh, so it could have been a thing where it, first playoff game over here, and you know you're just super amped up and overexerting yourself yeah. or moving a little different, moving a little tenser, and all of a sudden you just tweak an oblique. You know, stress can definitely do that to you, but just more than anything, just, just a terrible break for the team, man, losing him right then. Agreed. And then Freed, you know, talked about his first playoff appearance out in L.A. Uh, a year ago, how he couldn't feel his legs when he came in. He was just so – he was so excited. The adrenaline was going. Yeah. You got to think when he's thrust into that first inning home game at with, you know, f- with uh, Fultigan lit up, 
that's got to be a weird mm. feeling for him too. And he just did not look like free. I mean, I know walking the pitcher, I'm not, I'm, I'm, that's not what I'm talking about, but he also, he just didn't look like him that whole inning. He didn't look like himself, but he's been. I, see, I thought before the well, series, I thought it was a really good, well, when Martin got hurt, I thought it was really good to move Freed into that role. But what I yeah. didn't, what I didn't take into account is how he was going to back, how he's going to bounce back after being used on multiple days. You know, he's exactly. pitching back to back. That's something that, you yeah. know, everybody kind of responds to individually. But as a starter, you're used to letting it eat and pitching and then having four days of just father-son catch to get ready for your next kind of bout of, of max exertion. Yeah. Once you do that back-to-back days, man, it can set you back a week or something. After I saw him come in in game three and he just didn't look like himself, I said, shit, he might. Maybe yeah. he shouldn't pitch the rest of this series. Right. Yeah, this ain't Josh Hader. I, I thought it'd be Josh Hader when they moved him to the pen. I thought he could be their Andrew Miller, you know, from a couple of years ago in the postseason. Yeah, I just didn't that, take that into account, that. like the recovery, you know. I, and I thought it was a really good idea at, the, idea at the time. But, you know, it's it's a lot. It's asking a lot from your arm. And I think is more than anything, you know, even if it wasn't uh, mental, I think more than anything, is his arm just wasn't catching up. Like, he just wasn't physically yeah. ready for the demands of pitching that often. Yeah. Hey, Good just point. last thing, you got you were talking about Garrett Cole. That's funny. I, I was talking to B Mac in the middle of the season and I said we were talking about Justin Verlander. I go, he's an animal. And he goes, Oh yeah. He goes, and then he started, he goes, Garrett Cole, that dude's an animal. Yeah, he is. Right. Right. From catching him in Houston. So I'm thinking about Kim Team Chemistry. It's been so big for this team the last couple of years. It's been such a big part of what they do and how successful they were. When you if you were to lose JD Marcakis. And Tehran, I'm told, B-Mac. is a big is is a leader among the uh Yeah, for pitchers he is. Yeah. Obviously yeah. you've already lost B Mac. Yeah. You know, f- flowers eventually, whatever. Um ha- I mean, you gotta don't you have to be cognizant of that? And Alex has been cognizant of getting leaders like that. Absolutely. But you gotta replace some those guys if you want that chemistry to be strong again. Right. You can't just yeah. turn it over to the kids and go, you know, play loud. Have you seen? Uh, have you seen? Yo, you can't do that at all. <laughs> I mean, that get out. Of, that can get out of control in a hurry. There's got to be a balance there. But if you've seen the Cubs the last few years, they've been saying they've been missing a David Ross type in the clubhouse. And you've seen what yeah. what's happened, yeah. how they've played, how yeah. things go. They after. weren't the same at all. Nothing. It didn't click. You know, people don't want to give right. that credit, man. But you know, you everybody's energy. Oh, that's the you problem. Can't. They you can't, can't measure it, so they they're nope. like, oh no, it's not real. Fuck you, Brian. Exactly. But just just think if you hate your boss, can't or you, ha- you know, you hate your boss, or you hate a coach worker or you're working on a project with somebody and this person is just complaining and whining and bringing you down or they're treating you mm. like shit think about how much less people can be in a just a basic work environment you know they're 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 nine to five how much different that boss is and, and your co-workers and the people you're interacting with it can really affect your productivity and that's yep. the exact same in baseball man it's you got to have a good good setting in that clubhouse or you're going to have a lot of guys underperform and not be happy, not know how to get through the hard times and the struggles. It, it really, for, it helps a ton to have good veterans just to, just to work you through that stuff and, and be consistent because young and guys, it's not man, something you can, you can roller coaster. You can't manufacture that either, right? It's got to no, be genuine. It's got to yeah. be, you got, you got to get the guys together and someone's got to lead and someone that's just got to be a click. You can't just yeah. go, okay, we need this guy. We need that guy. We need that guy. And then we'll have chemistry. No, it's got to yeah. be who they are, and you, yeah. and it's got to be you, it's got to be who you are deep down for you to respect it. Like David Ross, man, he's an asshole, but you need yep. him in the clubhouse. He's one of my best friends in life, but I know he yep. can be an asshole on cue anytime. So I never, you know, you never get out of line around him. But when you go right. to him for advice, 
he'll have very thoughtful, really, really, you know, well thought out advice to give you. And he's probably been through it before. So he could tell you how to handle it. He could tell you how to talk to umpires and handle the ups and downs, you know, just as well as anybody. But you got these guys as a young guy, you kind of look up to um, and they'll they'll help you handle all these things. Right. Where, you know, little problems that can last in a clubhouse between two players. Rossi, just get them together and have them hash it out. Now it's dead. Now it's done. But if you don't have that guy, you know, yeah. stuff can fester and turn into a problem. Speaking of festering, you want to talk about LeBron James' comments yesterday, real quick? <laughs> I didn't. I didn't see it. <laughs> oh my goodness! What a clueless man! They've got what a problem. Say? They've got the NBA's got a situation with China, man. That whole thing. Go down the honey situation. hole today, yo. Jump down the yeah. honey hole when we. Get I don't. Up here. Can someone explain to me what's going on in China? I don't. I, I don't understand. I can't. I can't no. do it. I can't do it justice. No, no, not here. You got to you got to <laughs> read. You got to read the story. Um, you got to read it. Okay. So, yeah. so my, so my, my amateur uh, chemistry lesson here would be uh, for next year to to give to get them off on the right foot. I would resign JD. I'd pick mm-hmm. up Marquez's yeah. option, bring him back as a platoon guy, and I'd stick with that platoon. Yeah. Straight platoon. Right. Yeah. And uh, 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 I would probably would, would, uh, would you would you be Duvall that you throw? Because I'd, I'd keep Duvall, man. I'd keep Duvall. He's I under control. Too. I'd keep him. He's got too yeah. much power to he let him go. He found something this year. Yeah, uh, he had forty two homers between AAA and the majors this year. Sure did. And, uh, yeah, you got to keep him. And yeah. uh, and it's not counting uh, playoffs. And I would uh, I'd get Martin Prado. Whatever you have to do to make that happen, I'd get him. Mm. I'd do it. Boom. I'd make it happen. That's a big chemistry point for me. That's a good. That's a good point, Dave. I, I do it. I think he'd be magic for Acuna next year, man. Yeah. The whole team, but especially for Acuna and Ozzy. Ozzy's emerging as a little bit of a leader himself, man. He he really is. I think he'd be good for Mark with Martin Prado. That would help him too. Yeah. So. Yeah. Anyway. I don't All think. Right, I well, don't. Yeah. I mean, a, a leader can have fun, but I think a leader has to tone it down a little bit when it's you know they're running around yeah. ch- ch- chasing each other Agreed. like a bunch of kids. Agreed. That, that's. Yeah. But yeah, that's cool. Agreed. All right. Well, we solved all the problems. If they well, just listen to this podcast, they can get it done. <laughs> Peter said, that's "Go exactly. up, get uh, Eric Cole <laughs> and <Yeah>. Rendon." <laughs> yeah, go for it. I say, just, get Martinez. Just take right. the guys. Days. We're talking. Yeah. Bring JD back. I see. I think you can get away with not doing Rendon. But yeah, I, I'm with Peter yeah. though. Go get Garrett Cole, goddammit. It's time. The Christmas so, tree's it's up. It's not gonna happen. But it's not gonna happen. But maybe they'll surprise thinking. us all. They got the money, dude. They lose a lot of money came off that uh payroll, but you know, we've said that yep. before they've got the money. Not anyway. not signing me back really freed up some cash. You're right, Dave. It did. <laughs> it did. You are right. <laughs> yeah. Aren't you making that salary though, uh doing your pre pre and post game show? Got that higher AAV going with my Fox Sports South shit. <laughs> uh, boy, hey, Moilo. What's the toughest part of that gig, Moilo? Is it tougher or easier than you thought it would be? It's harder because it's live and it's, uh, yeah. you know, you, they, they give you kind of a schedule of what we're going to talk about, but that yeah. red light goes on. There's no cough button and you've just got to come up with stuff. But, you know, it's you have like an idea of what podcast, you're going to say. Is it? No, exactly. I and mean, you can't swear. You can't. Yeah. You can't do anything. Fuck that. It's like it's exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's a way for me to still be involved, and and I enjoy that part of it. I get to talk about, I get to talk baseball, and and um, yeah, you know, I, I get to go to the field and hang out with the guys, and not as much yeah. as I would have obviously as a player, but I still get to see him, which is cool. Yeah, what nice. uh, what have you thought of uh, 
in all honesty, or you can d- d- just dissect them if you'd like. But what have you thought of Frenchie's rise to national playoff analyst? I I gotta say, I'm pretty impressed. He's impressed how far the he's shit out of me, dude. In two he, years, man. He, I spoke to him uh, right after the first playoff game he did, and he was like, "I was so nervous," and I could tell that he was a little bit nervous. But since that first game. Yeah. The fact yeah. that he's even doing the championship series in his first year of broadcasting, it's just like... Exactly, man. But he's good and he makes good points and he makes sense. Yeah, and he, he does. And he, he brings a modern feel to it. and He's not a cranky old bastard who talks about people's freaking pants and socks and hair. and Yeah, you know, so yeah. I think launch it's, angle. Yeah, it's, I think it's great. I think he's really good. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's built for it. And, I, and the two teams that I've covered, the Marlins and the Braves, my God, I've looked at the TV guys that have come off those teams, but especially like the Braves, you look at like, you know, guys like D-Row. There's just so many of them. But I had yeah. like Al Leiter and I had, uh, uh, oh, what's it, uh, Dempster, uh, Cliff Floyd. I mean, there's just like so many TV spots for these people. Jesus yeah. Christ, man. But, yeah, I thought yeah. Frenchie, I didn't. To, to to have really no training or whatever and to go from being the backup part-time guy with the Braves last year to the main guy this year and now be doing national TV, I, mm. that's, that's impressive. That's that's That cannot be easy. Smoltz made it look easy. Yeah. If you've got the ability – like I, I, I don't know that I could ever do what he does because he can just – ramble – not ramble, but he can, he can talk on a subject for a, for a period of yeah, time, can, whereas – it's it's yeah, the, the hardest hard. thing is having the ability to talk about the same thing every day in a different way. That's the right, toughest thing. Right. Yeah, that's, that's hard. A good way to put mm-hmm. it. Frenchie's just a good schmoozer, and I think that for that job, yeah, it he helps is. Too, man. Yeah, he it is. helps to be able to talk with everybody. He's really good. He knows. Yeah. Nobody schmoozes like that dude, man. No, he gets it. Yeah, he's good. Yeah. Yeah, give it to him. All right. Well, I think we've uh, I think we've hit a home run with this one once again. So I think we'll put it to rest now. Okay. And, uh, yeah, that's enough. Well, we'll have you yeah. on again soon, Moilo. We appreciate it, man. Checks will be in the mail, and you, sh- you should get it next week. <laughs> Excellent. I'll look out for it. I can't wait. And uh, one quick programming note. We will be releasing our normal Tuesday episode, but we'll be taking the Friday episodes off since we're in the off season. Once spring training starts, we'll go back to two a week. You catch every Tuesday episode here on The Athletic, so no change there. But you can also listen to us for free on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Oh, it's working, by the way. It's working. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> Have yeah. fun. Have a good All night. All right, sign off, boys. See you. Bye. <laughs>